Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, is Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by Mark Sheen Washable. Yep. Yes. Solzy. J Mart. And then Red Baron is at the controls today. He, he doesn't have a microphone because we are joined here today. We're actually doing our first remote from Cliffside Brewing here in Wallingford, and we're joined by Dave and Samantha. Hi, thanks for having us, or thanks hey guys. for being here. <laughs> so, yeah, this is exciting. It's our first remote broadcast. Um, Getting out there. Yeah, we'll keep yeah. The, the, the craft beer thing going. This is about as craft as it gets, so we're really excited. So we'll kind of do our normal intro, and we'll delve in. Um, our starting lineup today, of course, is Cliffside Beers. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be going lightest to darkest. So our first beer is going to be the New England IPA followed by the Maybach Ale and their Dry Stout. So it's going to be real exciting. I'm so, looking forward to it. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't make the ch sound. <laughs> That's okay. We can we'll edit it, it in three. after. We'll yeah. see it on three. One, two, three. Ch. There we go. Um, Actually, I, I'd yeah. suggest doing the New England IPA last. Last, okay. Because that's going to be the hoppiest and it's going to overpower the other two. Right. Well, you're, yeah. you're the master. You're going to yeah. tell us what to do. <laughs> um, so our Toast of Excellence um, is to, I know this one's a real favorite for Machine Washable and, and J-Mart. And I don't think Kyle likes him either. He's I. Right. Lonzo Ball, the youngest, the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double at the age of 20 years old and 15 days. Whatever. I think it was like, <laughs> it wasn't even that impressive of a triple-double, but no. I think it was like six days. Nonetheless, a triple-double. Five. 20 years, well, was 20 five, days. Five days younger than LeBron. So, yay. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So, um, Kendall's going to hop on the mic. He's got to do his, sh- his shot. So, Kendall, why don't you go? Uh, Red Baron, sorry. Why don't you go ahead and do your, your punishment shot for punishment the shot. the shot trivia. Sorry, this will help you pour. Yeah, we do what we can. And then um, he'll have his, uh, his trivia for us. Now, a little um, shaky there, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> I just go two and a half hours later. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Dave and Smithy, you won't be on the show next week to do the dis- disgusting shot, but you're more than welcome to take a guess. Ooh, okay. And if you're wrong, like just pick one of us. If one of you is the, the most wrong, you, get to, you can assign one of us to do it. Or so, we get to come next week. Or you can come okay. next week True. and do a double cool. shot. We'll do double shots. All right. You don't so, want the private stock. Okay, uh, so over the weekend uh, we watched uh, football. Obviously, you know that's what we do, and uh, we saw a Redskins player. His name escapes me. I should have looked that up beforehand. We saw the one-handed catch, and I think better than Odell Beckham. Maurice was. Harris. Thank you, Souls. And it made me think. All right, let's see how many uh, touchdowns Odell has at this point. So, how many touchdowns do you think he has to this point in his career? Going to go forty-four. Twenty-nine. I'm going to say 18. 42. 42? 42 is a good number. But I'm going to go with 69. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> he knows the thing. I'm going to say 34. Wow. The correct answer is 38. Ooh. Wow. Is that me? That was That's you. the closest. Uh, thank Winner. you. Winner. I, I think I was the most wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think I was... I said in the teens. Yeah. 18, I think. 69. Disgusting shots. Private stock. More fun stuff. It's horrible. So, um, yeah, so Cliffside Brewing. Yeah. We're here. We're excited. It's opened up in Wallingford, right on Center Street. So it's very local. How are you guys doing so far? You excited? Doing great. We can barely keep the beer on tap. 
Yeah, doing really well. That's never a bad thing then. (laughs) Yeah. You guys, were you the first brewery in Wallingford? I know there's two, right? Well, there's another one. What's the name of the other? Uh, Uh, Front Front Porch. Porch. They've been here, I think, for about two years, but they haven't had their license. So they haven't been able to officially open their doors. Oh, okay. uh, they've been working on it for a long time. They did just open up uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. Yep. So you guys so, are officially the first brewery in Wallingford. Licensed we brewer. Are, yeah. yes. That's awesome. Yep. Came, just snuck right in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, we were just, I, think I, I bet we it. pissed them off when we got our license before they did. <laughs> yeah, right? You probably motivated them. It's a healthy competition now. <laughs> I think it was with Machine Washable. We were just driving up Center Street one day. I think we were actually, you know, as embarrassing as it is, I think we were playing Pokemon. Probably. And we were just driving by and we just saw this, the the engraving in the, you know, the, in the window, and we were like, wait a minute. That wasn't, th- that wasn't there two days ago. <laughs> and so here we are. We'll kind of you know talk about the background of you guys. So what, what intrigued you to get into brewing? I know you said earlier, six years, right? You've been brewing? Six years, yep. So what, what <clears throat> motivated you to start brewing well, beer? Actually, there's a little bit of a story there. It's a short story, but there is a story. So we've, we had apple trees in our yard, and uh, – Every year, all these hundreds and hundreds of apples would just fall on the ground and go to waste, and I'd have to pick them all up and take, haul them off. And one year, I thought there must be something I can do with these apples, so I made hard cider, and it was a real pain in the butt. <laughs> Put it all through a food processor and got about a gallon of apple juice out of it. Fermented hundreds it. of apples. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. when we say apples, like. Oh, I bet. Apples. So and this this was a process. Gal- for one yeah. gallon. Well, well uh, I mean, I, I processed maybe 50 apples, and that made one gallon. And by that point, I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> On to and, the next thing. <laughs> but it was pretty good. It, it, the cider was pretty good. So I thought, you know, what else can I turn into alcohol? Yep. And so I tried brewing. Nice. The rest and is so history. You started off real small, right, in your garage? Is that where you are yep. doing it? Well, actually, I started off in the kitchen on the – we have a gas stove, and I had a turkey, uh, one of those pots that you, you yeah. deep fry a turkey yeah, yeah. in. Mm-hmm. That was my first boil kettle. Nice. And Started real small then. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a seven-gallon kettle. And now you yeah. got your own your own facility. Well, it's still small. Definition of a homegrown but, brewery. Right. Yep. It's something. So how did, how did, Samantha, how did you become part of the, the Cliffside family then? I mean, I know your daughter, right? Yes. So, so uh Brewer Dave is my father. Um, so I. So we're not going to mention how she got became part of the family. <laughs> Thirty years ago, huh. no. Um, so you know, I've I've kind of been there all along, tasting all the beers, seeing what works, what doesn't. Um, my friends have all been super excited about this process because as uh, the batches got larger, he was able to make some kegs for parties, and you know, I have a holiday party every year, and. He would make uh, his red ale for us, which was great. It's a good little resource to have. Yeah, <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, hey, I can go down the street to my parents' house, and uh, they've got their kegerator and, you know, bring my growler over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, a lot of my friends were kind of pushing uh, to see more beer, and people were just really liking what he was making. And, you know, it was kind of the logical next step. So it's really exciting to be here. I have friends who come almost every day that we're open. So, you know, they, they have to pay now, but <laughs> they, they still come. <laughs> so you guys have three beers on tap, the three we're going to try in a little bit. And then you guys do some, like, partner brewing type of deal, other local brews. Yep, we got guest beers. So guest we have, beers, we yep. have eight taps, so we try to keep them all full. 
Right. Ours a, or somebody else's. It's a, it's a cool concept. I mean, you know, we, not a lot of these bigger facilities don't do that type of thing. Because they can make enough that they don't need it. So, right. Yeah. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool concept. Yeah. Especially to compare and contrast beers type of deal. But um, so are you guys looking in the, you know, near future, far future to add more of your own beers to those taps? Oh, absolutely. Um, as I was telling you guys earlier, right now I make about one barrel a week, which is two kegs. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the short term, I'm going to be doubling that to two barrels a week. And then shortly after that, I'll double it again to four barrels a week. And at that point, we should easily be able to fill all the taps. Which is exciting. Because, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's not that far. No, right? no. It's not it's that far. Cool. It's not something you're, it's not, you're not looking at it as two years from now. No, 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 no. You're looking, like, you know, weeks, within months. Within three or four months, probably. That's real exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Especially for, you know, the craft beer market is growing really yeah. fast. And it's become a culture, pretty much. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's craft beer and craft bourbon. It's kind of the way it's going. So, it's really exciting. So, we'll kind of, let's talk about the beers. That's the fun stuff. So, which beer do you want us to taste first? I would suggest the Maybach. It's right. the lightest, well, lightest colored and... And the most delicious. So, needless to say, your favorite then. My favorite. Well, <laughs> of these three, it's my favorite. Okay. So, we get the, this is the Maybach, and we're looking at it, it's a, uh, we got 7.9%, so healthy percentage. Yep. Which is exciting. And you said light in color, not that malty. It's a... Uh, it, less it's a little, It's a little sweeter than, than right. some beers. Less malty, not... It's light on the hops. So, I mean, I, I don't know if this, you know, from what I've seen in other craft breweries, this isn't traditionally like a popular beer to brew, right? I feel like I see more people brew like four or five IPAs, like one right. stout, yeah. one porter, mm-hmm. maybe maybe like a Hefeweizen or something like that. So what, what made you decide to go this route? Um, actually, have you ever heard of Dead Guy Ale? Yeah. That's a Maybach. So I, I used to like that a lot. So that turned me on to Maybox in general. And so I just came up with my own recipe to not simulate it, but you know, it's, it's the same style. This is very good. Yeah. Very, very smooth. Good. Thank you. Big fan. This one sneaks up on you. It's, I was going to say, it, goes it doesn't down, feel like seven. It goes down very <laughs> light and smooth. And yeah. I, I hit pint number two and <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> that's when you call a cat. Yeah, that's one of the ones where like you don't realize until you stand up to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. 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 And then you're grabbing, you're just like grasping under the wall. Just like, stand up. You're just like, okay. So, you know, you, you said that you, you brewed, you, you mentioned red ale. That was one of your favorite. Is that your favorite of all time that he's brewed? Uh, he will have to tell you about my favorite because my favorite is probably uh, what we have called the sweet ale. Oh. which uh, was maybe a happy accident, happy mistake, uh, something kind of new. Uh, My dad could probably tell you a little bit more about that, though. Yeah, let's hear about it. That's that's very intriguing. Never heard anything (laughs) called a sweet ale. We ran out of it in a single weekend. Yes. Well, that was my actually my first attempt at making the Maybach on the new equipment. And, in fact, that might have been either my very first or second batch on the new equipment. And so there was some settings and whatnot that I hadn't really figured out yet, temperature settings and and uh, how everything was going to react during the process. Um, and so it turned out a lot sweeter than I had expected. It was delicious. But it was a hit. <laughs> and we ran out of it. We had our grand opening and it was gone. I wow. When I first tasted it, I was like, this is sickeningly sweet. I just, <laughs> I came very close to dumping the entire batch. 
So and my good, daughter though. and wife tried it and they liked it and they convinced me to put it on tap and it was gone in a weekend. Yeah, people buy beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really it. They buy it. And I think I think there was kind of that intriguing aspect yeah, where they real. were like, what is, what is this? What the hell is that? Absolutely. Is this something that you th- are you going to be able to brew it again? Or uh, it- good question. That's the question. <laughs> so we just got to go get different equipment. I, I took good notes. So if I can just replicate what I did wrong the first time, yeah. then what he did maybe right. I can do it wrong again. You could have it listed as so sweet right. ale with a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> experimental brew. Yeah. No, that's. But I mean, that's how a lot of things kind of go. I feel like in the both beer and liquor industries, and a lot of them are just accidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is when you know they can't replicate it. So I'm hoping you guys can replicate. It. I'd like to try it. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you said, and then, so you want to do the stout next, right? Yes. Yeah, so so that we're do the stout next. Do the IPA last. So this one, I'm a big fan of the dark beers. That's no secret on the show. Okay. Usually, when we do our our starting lineups, everyone has something different from a different <laughs> brewery. Mine is usually something in the 22-ounce variety <laughs> and very dark and heavy. So I'm very excited about this. Well, I would call this dark, but I wouldn't call it heavy. Right. Well, it doesn't look heavy. It's weird. It, it's funny. You can, like, after drinking so many of them, like dark beers, <laughs> like, I've, it looks the same to, like, my girlfriend. She'll look at a beer and she'll just be like, it, it doesn't look any different. Like, Guinness doesn't look any different to her than, like... Goose Islands, Bourbon County, or KBS, or something. But like, I know the difference just looking at it. Um, so yeah, tell us, uh, tell us about this one. Well, it's just a dry stout. Not much to say about it. It's a four and a half percent alcohol. Uh, it's kind of light, easy to drink. Yeah, low on hops, a uh, little malty. I'm this, a fan. this one's great because we get a lot of uh, a lot of women who come in uh, with their husbands, and they say, you know, I, I'm not a beer person. I don't like beer. And they especially want to stay away from the dark colored beers. And I always convince them, like, give this one a try. I'm generally not a big stout person or, you know, dark beer person myself. And people like it. You know, it goes it goes down a lot easier than they expect. Yeah. I, it's kind of a nice break from, like, where everyone's going because it's not really, like, there's no coffee really to it or anything yeah. like that. And that's kind of the dark beer trend has been very heavy on the coffee yeah. and like usually some weird flavor. It's a very it. simple recipe. Yeah. It's, it's, I like it. Like you said, it's very light. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely, definitely not like a, a lot of dark beers are like one, two, maybe three. Cause sometimes they're like higher percent, but you know, it's light, low percent. I like this. Typically I don't drink stouts cause I don't like coffee, but it's. Cause it's, you're a wimp. No, I, I don't <laughs> like coffee, but that, that's light where I, I could drink that and be okay with it. You're a wimp. Now, what do you think of it, Kyle? Because you're... I'm the same of, as Mark. You don't like thing. coffee. <laughs> coffee is terrible. <laughs> All right. And this is pretty good for... I don't drink... I don't know names. It's a stout. Basically, Kyle's <laughs> saying, this is good for being, you know... <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's not really... We've gotten Articulate? him into. <laughs> we've gotten him into some more craft beers, but he's kind of like the, the juicy IPA kind of thing. That's his thing. So like he really likes like the 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 two juicies and like he's had like the it's sip of sunshine and stuff like that. But for the most part, he kind of is just like a Milwaukee's best kind of guy. He just I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is this is very good. And then the IPA is this. So is this your best selling beer that you've put out so far? Uh, what's your best selling beer you've had out so far? Well, I mean, I know the sweet, sweet ale, ale and the apricot. <laughs> the apricot ale. Which is, really? you, was gone in two hours right? of wow. opening. And well, we literally actually... had people come in the same day saying, oh, my friend said they had this beer, and it was gone. Wow. Oh. Good so, for you. And you have you have the apricot fermenting currently, right? Yes. That yes. one in a, a winter ale. 
Winterdale. Right. Yep. So it'll be exciting to have on on tap soon. Um, so let's let's delve in, let's delve into the IPA. I'm excited. I usually stop drinking IPAs around October because <laughs> once the first dark beers start coming out, I get very excited. <laughs> but I like it because it looks very it's very thick looking, nice and cloudy. Yeah, it's a, a New England style IPA. So it's got some oatmeal in it for body. Mm. It's a very low on the bitterness hops, and but then a ton of flavoring and aromatic hops, dry hopped. Yeah, it when I tasted it, like the the minute it hit my palate, it kind of like to me it tasted like a cross of No Filter from Hooker and Captain's Daughter from Grayson. Which like, I mean, I know it's not a double IPA, but it's like like that kind of like a lot of flavor. And like the bitterness from the hops, but not overkill on anything. Well, yeah. it, it actually is a double IPA. It's like, oh, is it double? It's like eight percent. All right, <laughs> yeah. So keep drinking it then. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely do like how it, it's not completely hopped out. It's it's a nice balance. You see that a lot with the IPAs, where yeah. people try and go like way too hop heavy, hop crazy, and and it's hard to drink them when they're smooth. We get like pound. these, yeah. It's like the imperial yeah. IPAs, and then some people even do like the triple IPAs, yeah. and it's just. It's too, it's too boozy. It's, like the, it's the, just like drinking grain alcohol that someone poured a little bit of IPA into. It's like the uh, Dogfish 120. If you don't let it age for like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, they're like 15%. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. They're, they're rough. Yeah, so, I mean, these these are really good. You guys Thank did you. a good job. Thank you. Yeah. So, what, what's, what do you have in the future for beers? I know you said the apricot in the winter, but do you have any, any recipes that aren't a secret or anything? Do you have any, any beers that you're looking to make after these? After the uh, winter ale and the apricot, I'm just going to cycle around back to some that we've done already, like the brown and the red. And um, yeah, the brown was actually your first. Yeah, that was that was before the sweet ale. Before the sweet ale. Brown okay. is kind of a just a big favorite among everyone, um, but the red is also really so good. <laughs> you guys have been open for how long now? One month, five weeks, I think. Yeah, we opened on October seventh. So you've been open for about five weeks, and how? And it seems like you've already had like. Over a half dozen beers on tap, oh, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially for moving. you said you know you're only brewing you know about two kegs a week, right? So that that's a lot of different beer. I mean, you go to a lot of bigger breweries, tap rooms, and it's just they just have their everyday stuff on tap. I mean, it's a large variety, but it doesn't change. Well, that's the nice thing about doing small batches that that you can experiment a lot more because if you have a miss, if it if it's horrible, it doesn't <laughs> sell. It's not that big a deal. You dump it and you move on. Right. I haven't had to dump one yet. I almost <laughs> did, but. <laughs> I haven't. Thank goodness. Yeah, you didn't. Say it worked out for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to have an extra set of like taste buds on hand then. Yeah, yeah. it was. I'm Especially glad I didn't someone dump who likes it. beer. Always willing to be a taste tester. <laughs> if you're hiring for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a full-time job I'm willing to apply for. So, you know, we, we kind of briefly talked about it before we recorded and everything, but so do you guys have plans to kind of outsource your beer, go to different breweries? Um, that do, you know, beer sharing type of deal or growler fills, canning, anything like that? So right now, like I said, we're only doing one keg a, a week, mm-hmm. uh, one, one, one barrel a week, which is two kegs. Um, but short-term plans is, is to increase that up to four kegs a week, or four, sorry, four barrels a week, which is eight kegs. So at that point, we'll be able to do growlers. Right now, we can't do growlers because right. we just don't have the capacity. Well, I mean, you um, get something, like you said, the sweet ale that's as popular as it is. Right. It's gone just in flights and pints. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a matter of hours. It, yeah. it, that, that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good. <laughs> Made me a little sad. We had, we had you know, some people coming in later, like, so you I'm know, hoping it was within sad to tell them no. <laughs> two, three months, we'll be, have the capacity to 
start doing growlers. And, uh, and once we get to four barrels a week, uh, we may be able to do a little bit of distribution, just local stuff. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's exciting. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, Stubborn Beauty in Middletown is kind of one of those types of deals, very small, not a lot of beers on tap. I mean, they just, I think, in the past six months started canning um, Stubborn, uh, what is it, Nummy Nummy. Yeah. And that's the only one that gets distributed out. And it's blowing up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, that, that doesn't yeah. seem like it could be something that's too far out for you guys. Yeah, and if, I mean, if, we, if we find a good recipe, too, we can always outsource it to somebody like uh, Stony Creek yeah, uh, somebody to, with to the brew facility. for us. Yeah, somebody with the facility to do Right. It. Right. Which is real exciting. I mean, it's exciting to see. I mean, you get a lot of breweries that come up and, you know, we've talked about all the different beers you guys have been making. It's exciting because I've really only heard you mention one IPA out of all of these. You're not, you don't seem like the brewery that's, you know, hey, here's a New England IPA. Here's a West Coast IPA. Here's, you know, a dry hop double IPA. It's like you're actually like exploring all the spectrums of beer. Truthfully, I've got. A wife and two daughters, <laughs> so they're not big IPA fans. So to keep them happy, I got used to. Doing, I would just like to say I think people are experiencing IPA fatigue. All right, we get people who come in here and they are like, "It is so nice to come into a brewery that is not just eight IPAs." Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about the show. I work at a, a liquor store, a fairly large one, and we get the the craft beers. And we get the limited stuff, you know, the the captain's daughter, the no filter, headway, and, all, and it they're selling less and less. Sip of Sunshine is the only one that still flies, and that's only because it's the the limitedness the of it. But all the other ones, they sit, and you know, we have a limited beer cooler, and we get the same amount of cases, and they just last a little longer every time. And like you said it, they, the thing with the IPs, I feel it burns your palate out real easy, especially the companies that go high on the hops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's a, it's a refreshing, like I said, it's refreshing to come into a place and have three different styles of beer, especially the stout. Big fan. <laughs> Plus the IPAs right now, that's the craze, the the hazy, you know, citrus IPA. So, you know, it's nice you have one for the people that like it, but like you said, you have other things. It's it's nice. You don't see it in a lot of breweries now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... You know, a big thing, too, with the holidays coming up, I know you guys don't do um, growlers and whatnot yet, and that might be, that's probably not going to happen before Thanksgiving or Christmas come around. But um, for future sakes or people, you know, you guys are in a very prime location for people to get food and bring it down to your brewery. Absolutely. Wallingford's definitely not short on restaurants, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, Have you experimented with what beers pair well with, like, what foods? I know that's, like, a big thing people have kind of been doing. Um, with like you know how wine has done it forever. This is you know Pinot Noir for Thanksgiving, but people have been doing it more with beers. Have you guys? That's true. I mean, but my problem is is that I like beer, so you know you give <laughs> we, me a that's beer all our problem. and <laughs> something to eat, and I'm happy. It, I yep. don't have really, to honestly. Food, food just slows down the drinking. <laughs> that's all it really does. We, we've actually been talking to uh, some some local businesses about doing some pairing nights. So there's a great cupcake company down the street and. Yep. We would love to set up a beer and cupcake pairing because we think that's a little different, and uh, we think it would be a lot of fun. So we're we're definitely open to it. Light, on, light on the calories, <laughs> real light, super like light. You know, it's it's very carb light. So, you know, you, you you offset the health food of the beer with the cupcake. Well, beer beer's just made from stuff that grows in the ground, so it's like a salad anyway. It's it's a sandwich it in a, a bottle. Salad. Well yeah, said. Well it's said. Liquid bread. <laughs> yep. No one accepts it when I say that. I do. 
The doctor doesn't accept it? No. Kendall no. does. <laughs> He's nodding. I've always accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you, so the winter ale, you said, I know you said the apricot. Is this your first experiment with the winter ale? Have you? Have it you is. Ever, yes. So first time is, I've made it. So you're, you haven't even tasted it yet. You have no I, idea. I tasted it. And so far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. I mean, I tasted it before it had finished fermenting, so that's always a little, <laughs> a little iffy, little sketch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you give us some notes on it? What's what's it? What's it? Well, its portfolio it's, looking it's, like? It's far? actually very similar to the dry stout. Okay. That's it's ba- the base is it's not exactly the dry stout, but it's similar. And then we've got on top of that the spices of uh, the winter ales, which includes cinnamon, nutmeg, and. Um, Something else. Allspice. Plus a fourth secret ingredient. No, oak, oak chips and another secret ingredient. Secret ingredients. Secret. It's yes. love. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to tell them. Secrets <laughs> out. Even if it's a secret, you can't, you can't just use that. I mean, there's certain amounts of love. That you just... It's very limited. So you guys were talking earlier, too, about trivia night. Yes. Which is, that's something everybody has kind of been doing. That's like a big thing. So you guys, have, you just have your first trivia night, or is it something you've been doing for a little while? We did. We just had our very first trivia night this past Friday. Uh, it's something that we're going to be doing regularly the second Friday of each month. Um, and it, it went great. We had a full house and uh, had some great prizes, and I think uh, everyone had a lot of fun. So is it is it all trivia? Is it beer trivia? I mean, some places do... It's it's a mix. So yeah. um, I make the trivia myself and run it um, to everyone's complete joy. Um, so we do uh, four different rounds, and each round is a different category, uh, which, you know, range from sports to history to literature to pop culture. And then our... Uh, we do a photo round in between, and that is always beer-related. So this past uh, Friday, uh, for our first trivia night, we did name that brewery, and it was a picture of each brewery's logo, and it was uh, all Connecticut breweries. So it was a point to name the brewery and a point to name the town in which it was located. Everyone did relatively well. We had one team get them all completely correct. Wow. So. Cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it was per- impressive. They were also the fastest. So that's the, that's the person, like that's like the husband who has like a family, it like was. a wife and four kids. And they were there. And there's no milk or, there's no milk or cheese in the fridge. It's just 18 growlers yeah. full of beer. They were there. He had that his wife like and fridge. two children with him, including an infant, um, which was great. We are very kid friendly here. So they played some games and had some popcorn while dad kicked butt in the uh, beer trivia. Well, that's, that's a fun thing that you guys have too. I, I noticed you yeah, have the shelf of games going. Cold I mean, I've here. seen that in I've seen that in bars. Like you know, the Hopknot does that in Middletown. That's a kind of one of their big like coined things. But you don't really see it in breweries. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is kind of a more laid back. It's not as doesn't not as hectic as a like a Two Roads or a Stony Creek type of thing. Two it's, Roads is mayhem when you get in there. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, you get in and it's you have to fight for your life to get a beer, but. Well, here it's more, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, and you guys are busy. It's not like mm-hmm. you guys don't experience the foot traffic, especially on Center Street here for anybody who's been to Wallingford. You know, we're all from here, but it's, this is a very high foot traffic street, and yeah. you know, especially right next to the, the gazebo, with, you know, especially in the center this time of, town, of the year, so. they have the uh, bar crawl coming up yeah. right. Thanksgiving. Yep. Well, are you guys a part well, of that? Well, normally, oh, the, 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 the bar crawl, will bar that be? Uh, so that is the day before Thanksgiving, which I believe is the second 
most popular drinking night of the oh, year yeah. after yep. uh, New Year's. Don't yep. drive that night. <laughs> Do no, not no. drive. Like well, that's that's why I'm glad I live like 30 feet. That, yeah. That's what it is. Everybody's home. It's, it doesn't matter. What, it's bars, breweries, liquor stores. It's Thanksgiving Eve is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just... Well, everyone comes home and what else Everybody comes do home. You, home. you gotta and see your family. <laughs> the only way to deal with that much family is to drink <laughs> a lot. And, yeah, it's, it's absurd. We have... We, we just had a woman come in preparing for her her family, she's got, uh, she's gonna have twenty seven family members coming from out of state Ooh. to stay with her she from from Wednesday <laughs> until Sunday, and she already in her house. She has six kids that are all in college. They're not all staying with her. She, she needs whiskey, not beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cancel Thanksgiving. <laughs> she bought close to six thousand dollars worth of oh, wine, no. liquor, and beer. God, and, wow. and, and, and I wish I had that budget. Well, the best part yeah. was she didn't skimp on anything. I think the cheapest bottle of wine she bought was seventeen dollars. She's in Wallingford. No, this was in Middletown. She, oh, lives, okay. she lives in um, she lives then in Weathersfield. This party, Kyle. She might be single. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> With six kids, I don't know if that's worth being single. For. Step up, Kyle. You got but this. But like I said, it's it's just you know bars, breweries. It's insane. So will you guys? Like, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt it, but will you guys be a part of that? The bar crawl. So there is a um, pub crawl that happens down Center Street every year, and we definitely looked into joining. However, there is. Um, Holiday Stroll happens in Wallingford on December 1st, which is, you know, like a week and a half afterwards. And the problem, again, is with, um, you know, how much we actually have in stock. So we just don't know that we would have enough for both. So it's Part of that problem is that I was out of the country for 10 days. So I missed three brew weekends. Right. So we're like, we're like almost out now. And then we got these two big events coming up that we're just unfortunately not prepared for right well i mean it, it, you said you've only been open five weeks right i mean it's not and we pushed that five weeks because i found out about the wallingford festival like at the last minute and then i decided i'm going to push my opening date because i wasn't going to open for like three or four more weeks so i pushed it up just to to, to hit that festival yeah and that wiped us out completely we, we closed worked out for you the, we we were closed what not the next weekend, but the weekend after. Yep. We we have just been kind of playing catch up ever yeah. since. Yeah. So yeah. we we'll, And then we will I was not... out of town. It's I a, couldn't didn't brew. So it sounds yeah. like a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it just Well, so... for us, not for you know, right, our exactly. customers. Well, I hope everyone doesn't get start getting tired of us being out of beer and stop coming, you know. <laughs> well, and, you know, that's that's part of the you know, part of the thing. We're you know, plugging you guys that so people listen, they know yeah. that more beer's coming in the future. And we're gonna expand so this will be less of a problem in the future. You know, which is always exciting. Um so you guys um I had a question in my head and I completely forgot it. Oh come on. Uh, it's there come somewhere. <laughs> it's it's there somewhere. I don't remember what it is though. You have a question? So actually to back to the first question, Perfect. I don't think we <laughs> answered it. Uh, I think we're not going to be open the day before Thanksgiving. Right. So we're saving our beer for the stroll. stroll. For the holiday stroll, which will be during our regular hours. So we will just maintain what our hours are right now. We're just open on Fridays and Saturdays. So all you alcoholics can just go buy whiskey or there's actually a distillery in Wallingford. Yeah. Right? So they can go hit that place. Well, Wallingford's like, you know, when I first met uh, our producer here, uh, Red Baron, sorry, I almost called you Kendall again. the Red Baron, you know, I hadn't actually heard of Wallingford. I'm from Middletown originally, and you know, which is not that far away. You but hadn't I'd, heard of Wallingford. No, I've just never. I've never ventured this That's way of the impressive. state. <laughs> I live in Middletown, and all my family lives it's like in one town over. Right? They all live in. Enfield. I just like to say, I live in Wallingford, and I'm in Middletown. 
quite often. So, I've lived in Middletown. All my know. family lives in Enfield, so I never really ventured this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I think the only time I ever ventured this way was to go to Sonic for the first time, and I didn't even realize what town I was in. But, you know, he's telling me about it. It's like, it's the biggest town you've never heard of. That's how mm-hmm. he coined it. That's pretty much but, I mean, accurate. It's a, like, now we have two breweries, so yeah, see, now you've got we're two on the map now. You've got a distillery. There's three wineries. Yep. Cider. The cider place, yep. yep. And you guys are, um, I don't know who here has heard of it, but there's this place called Ripe. They make uh, bar mixes. That was in Wallingford. They just moved to New Haven to a bigger facility, but there's a lot I of stuff going on. I didn't know that was a thing. Is that the organic? Yeah, yeah all yes, organic bar mixes. Are like, it's like $10 for one like bottle of bar mix. But actually, Jim, you had it. it. It's that company. sour mix that I had in the uh, fridge yep. yeah, at Maple. That was that stuff. So it's it's good stuff, but like you said, it's, it's on the rise. Um, my question popped back into my head. I have two of them. <laughs> so the first one, I know you guys said... You know, right now you're you're not brewing a whole lot, but you plan to get that way. But have have any local bars or anything? Has anybody kind of reached out to you guys wanting to know about having bars, uh, beers on tap and whatnot? Because several people have. Absolutely, uh, which is, <laughs> that's exciting. Guys from Knuckleheads came over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christos, who else was it? Christos? The restaurant down the pizza oh, street. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. they they are ready. They said to put put them on our list once we're yep. ready. Um, we've we've had we've had a lot of people it's asking. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. It's great to yeah. have people asking you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Makes marketing easy, right? This <laughs> <laughs> is you know craft beer. You know it's a the, one, the wonderful thing about the beer industry versus like wine and liquor. From what I've experienced in the working in the industry is that beer is more of like a family operation. I mean, obviously you compete. You want to sell your your beer to somebody before they buy somebody else's beer. But it seems like craft beer is kind of more family oriented, like a lot of promotion for other like breweries and whatnot. Like we have, when we have two roads in our store, you know, they're, they don't shy away from helping somebody if they're like to try their beers. But if somebody, you know, is looking for a beer and like they know they don't have something like that, they're not afraid to recommend another local oh, brewery. Oh, absolutely. We've had so much support from other local breweries. I was almost surprise just because being new to this um we had people from um kinsman stop by alvarium stop by they brought us some uh of their beers allagash guys allagash came by um you know we have one of theirs on tap Mm -hmm. uh nice thing about is is about having all these breweries in one area is that people will will go on a like a a bar crawl or a a brewery crawl you know and they'll hit they'll hit all of them at the same Mm -hmm. time so you know, you don't. You're not really competing with these other breweries. You're it's all like a you're all working together. Absolutely. The, the, the bigger I mean, that you can make yeah. the community, then the more people from outside your community come in to visit, which is better for everyone. A couple of years ago, um, I was planning my brother's stag before he got married, and we were doing all the breweries in Brantford. We we're getting raffle gifts and whatnot, and we were about to leave Thimble Island. Thimble Island, and um, we saw like Duvig was close. We weren't gonna go. Mm-hmm. And the bartender at Thimble Island was like, you need to go there mm-hmm. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're leaving here, go. And I, I couldn't believe it. It is, like you said, it's like a community, yep. you know, you're competing, but you're working together. It's, I it's, mean, front front porch that just opened in Wallingford two weeks ago, um, the day before their grand opening, reached out to us and emailed us and said, hey, is it okay if we shout you out, you know, on social media and with our announcement about our grand opening? And we were like... Yeah, so no. you know they were like, "Hey, come, <laughs> come check us out!" And you know, if you're in town, stop by and see Cliffside. They just opened too, and you know, it's it's been really great. We have yet to 
meet them and they literally were already sending people our way and we do the same because they their hours are later than ours so Mm -hmm. when we close you know we say hey head over to front porch if you want to keep the party going I like that, you know, we talked about, like, the hecticness of some of the bigger breweries in Connecticut. I like the, I like the atmosphere of your guys' place because it, it almost feels like you're in a bar versus a brewery. But, like, obvi- I mean, like, not hectic crazy, but it's, it's just laid back. It's, it's nice to, you know, sit back and have a couple pints. It's, you know, comfortable seating. Um, I, don't, I don't like to knock breweries, especially being a, you know, a, a craft beer show that we do, but I can't stand going to two roads to sit on those stools. It's, it's horrible. It's so uncomfortable <laughs> if you guys haven't been there. It's just those wood stools. Oh, it's just, it's well, really cool how they got make the, the padding tables. for you here. Well, you yeah, know, most you know, breweries, relax. Are, they, they are zoned for uh, light industrial. So they have to be in a manufacturing or industrial area. Um, we kind of got it. I'm not going to call it a variance because that's not the right zoning term. Uh, I already got slapped for that at the zoning board meeting, <laughs> um, but um, they, the town of Wallingford did an exception for uh, Center Street because they're trying to revitalize Center Street area. Yeah, and they told me that if if I concentrated on the tap room rather than the brewery, and they limited specifically the size of the brewery compared to the tap room, uh, the tap room had to be two-thirds of the area, and the brewery had to be one-third. So they wanted something that was more uh, public-facing than, mm-hmm. than an actual, just a, a raw brewery. Mm. So that's kind of, and, and that's kind of what I had in mind anyway yeah. to start with. So it fit perfectly. And so they gave me the exception to build a brewery right on Center Street. Well, I mean, when we got here, you, you asked us if we wanted the tour, and, you know, you prefaced it with that it would last 15 seconds. Right, right. And <laughs> the location you guys have, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not built to be a, a mass brew area. It's meant to kind of be what it is, and it, right. it's working. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I noticed, you know, you guys are open Fridays and Saturdays. Um, what, what are the hours? Five, five to nine, is that what it says? Five to nine on Friday and noon to nine on Saturday. Do you guys have plans of expanding those hours as the, the beer quantities if, go up? If the beer quantities go up and, and, and I can find someone to manage the tap room as I'm pointing to my daughter. Well, we, <laughs> we still both work our day jobs right. uh, full time. So, uh, yeah, if, if he's ready to hire me, I'm ready to run the tap room. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ready to work without any benefits. <laughs> you don't need those. You don't need beer. You don't need health insurance, do you? Pints of beer sounds like a pretty good benefit to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like a, that's like it, is, it is health food. So. <laughs> that's like mental health, right? <laughs> that's really what well, it is. You said it's like a salad. Basically. Right, exactly. It grows in the ground, so it's a salad. You know, I don't see why it wouldn't be that way. So where did the name Cliffside come from? I don't really notice a lot of cliffs in Wallingford, so we would be wrong. Well, there is actually <laughs> at least one cliff. Um, you probably know where Powder Ridge Ski Resort is. We live on the other side of that mountain, which is Cliffside Drive. Okay. So we live at the bottom of the cliff of Powder Ridge on Cliffside Drive, and it's not easy to come up with a clever name for a brewery that's not already taken as either a brewery or a beer. We came up with so many very clever we names. We had a list of probably 200 names. Yeah, I mean, you you do a, cer- a Google cliff. search on a clever, yeah, clever that's a name. Cliff. That's what I'll give you from his house. You know, <laughs> or something very close. The Red Baron and I, we were talking the other night. Any name for a band, brewery, it's already mm-hmm. taken mm-hmm. Yeah. if you think of it. Yeah. It's already oh, yeah. gone. You know, 
least Absolutely. with a band, it doesn't even have to make sense. It doesn't have to be about <laughs> beer. It doesn't have to be about music. It can be the, the pet rocks, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and pe- people, but people with a brewery, you know. Their last album was great. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, not, it's, you know, it's, it's simple. It's very easy to remember. It's nothing hectic, and like, it's I mean, got a nice flow to it. Well, I mean, it, yeah. and it makes sense too. Like as the as the the brewery gets bigger and the product grows, it's it's where it started. Like you said, you started it, it out of a turkey pot in the kitchen <laughs> on Cliffside Drive. Cliffside Drive. That's where you it know, was born. It's, it's it's been a great way to meet our neighbors um, that who live further down the street because they come and they're like, "We heard of this brewery they, they, they that wanna, has they the same buy name glasses. as our street, and they want you know a t shirt." And oh, yeah. we're like, "Oh, they want well, a glass that says Cliffside <laughs> on it because they live on Cliffside." Is the logo is it is it a rep- representation of the cliff? Uh, no, <laughs> no, just, just a nice cliff. Our 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 cliff is not very conducive to logo, <laughs> <laughs> so our graphic artist kind of. She's she came up with her own. Beefed up the cliff a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Add a little bit more ridge to it. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and, and actually, if you squint and look at the logo, you can see a, a frosty beer mug mm-hmm. right in the center. Right of in it. the middle. Oh yeah, it's kind of hard to see on that one. Look at that one. Yeah. In the window. Yeah. That's okay. cool. All right. Very it's clever. A, yeah, it's like subliminal <laughs> messaging. You're looking at it like you're like, oh, let's look at breweries it's a around. Nice mountain. Like, I want a beer. Wait a minute, frosty mountain. Hmm. <laughs> So, you know, we talked about all the different beers that you guys make and everything. Is there, is there one beer that you have tried to make that hasn't worked or something you're really excited to try to make sometime soon? A, a style or a specific recipe twist on a style? Well, knock on wood, I've not had to dump a batch yet. Right. Which my is, very first brew. Um, the thing is, I, I read a lot of books. I watched a lot of videos. I, I, I did a lot of research before I even started. He's an engineer. He's very uh, yeah, analytical. That's true. <laughs> Every, so, everything is very. Which has got to be tough for something like brewing because really it's trial by error. Not really. No? Not is really. It, can you really find I take it, really good notes <laughs> and if you follow the steps, you end up with good beer. I mean, I'm basically I'm standing on the shoulders of giants that have, have figured out the process and how to do it and do it properly. And I'm just replicating what they've been doing all along. And just adding your own little twist to it, yeah, your own cliffside yeah, yeah. twist. So, is it just is it just you two that currently work at the the tap room? Oh, we have two other bartenders, Henry and Krisha, uh, mm-hmm. and they're great. Are they family or just? Nope. They're, just, well, they're, they've become fam- they've family. Be, yeah, right. Yeah, no. they it, have. It kind of works that way. Yeah, yeah. This is how this started. Just a group of degenerates. Yep. Become family one day, but it's you yeah. know. It's it's definitely fun. It's exciting that you guys are, you know, experiencing the volume that you have in terms of traffic. And I mean, did you did you picture it turning out this way? Did you picture opening up your doors and, and running out of beer right away? And of and course, perfect. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's perfect. I, I thought she's I'd shaking have, her head. I, I was expecting lines going down the street on Center Street. We were very scared. We were very nervous. Um, it's a scary you know, thing for for my dad to do this, though. It's. Well, I'm impressed. I think it's very brave and very cool to actually do something you're really passionate about. And, uh, you know, it sets a great example for my sister and me. Like, he's actually doing what he loves. I mean, what else would you rather be doing, yeah, you know? That's, that's, you know? That's what people ask us all the time. Like, you know, oh, you know, do you get paid for this? Is this mm-hmm. your, your daytime job type thing? And it's, it's the same type of thing. It's, you know, we have our day jobs. Yep. We do this because we love it. And if, if something becomes of it one day... Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. It'd be a great thing to you know story yeah. to tell the kids, 
tell you know share with people but it's doing what you love which is exactly and i'm just hoping that he creates a beer dynasty and one day it <laughs> will all be mine nice inheritance <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have plans of this being your day job one time one day soon uh is my boss listening to this <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say no <laughs> my job is already worried they're like you're gonna leave and you're just gonna run just gonna run the brewery. Like, I, I hear no, that constantly. I would never want how long to. Do am that. I, how long till I quit? I mean, can I drink at this job? No. <laughs> Strike <laughs> one. Can I walk in and pour a pint? No. <laughs> do I get to have trivia while I'm working? No. You're out. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> all for different things. So, you know, we talked. We talked about the pumpkin beer and all this stuff. The seasonals. I know the winter ale. Is, is a seasonal type of beer. Do you have other seasonals in the works or anything? Or for the springtime when it comes around? Like wheat or? beers. I've made wheat beers that are pretty good and some Hefeweizens and, and things like that that I haven't made here yet. Uh, they'll, they'll be coming up. Will you make a pumpkin beer next fall? I'm hoping you say no. <laughs> He's going to say um, no. Good, good. I don't know. I don't understand the craze for pumpkin beer. You, you, you I don't, were talking about I don't it either. We, we have, we have the, the two roads, uh, Ro- uh, Rosemary's Baby. On tap, and uh, I'm not a big fan of the pumpkins. I, I can drink like one pint a year. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't drink pumpkin juice. Like you're not uh, in Harry Potter. I know this isn't you know you, it, it's not a thing. But, it's you know, for pies. Some people if, wish they were in Harry but, Potter. But then also, yeah, but I don't want it for pumpkin juice. <laughs> but also the, so the sweet ale I wouldn't up. have made for myself either. I, and in fact, I didn't drink it much of it. Um, but exactly. everyone else liked it. If, so. if there's a demand for it, you yeah, know. then yeah. you make it. Yeah, but not for pumpkin beer. <laughs> that's the one you got to put your foot down on. Just well, he, well he actually, does have standards. actually, the one he won't that let I me do the cinnamon sugar rim because he says that's not actually, appropriate. Actually, I will put my foot down on sour beers. Sorry, no, <laughs> no sours here. We were talking about it before before you popped up, Jmart. They're not good. They're, they're, they're not a big fan of sour beers no, here. No, no, it's a it's a small family of people who love them. It's like people, people who really like enjoy tums. Yeah. And yeah, and mushrooms, things like that. Although I tell you, something really funny is to watch Kyle drink a sour. True. Oh, he <laughs> makes a lot of funny faces. He can't do bitter very well. We, we've got a great nope. picture of my youngest daughter drinking her first sour beer, mm-hmm. and yeah, the face that oh, she it's made. Terrible. Yeah, I think I think the reason I like sour is like, I mean, I I enjoy bitter, but with sour beers, I've just found like like ingredients like there's weird ingredients that they add into them bacteria you, yeah like you but like fungus oh, <laughs> literally <laughs> no it's literally bacteria yeah, that's what makes it sour that's like, a good one there's like the guys oh that's a good that's good <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there's like you know like the geyser goes from two roads they you know it's kelp and sea salt and it's like you wouldn't normally like oh i don't want a stout with that in it but it works in a sour i don't i don't know it's it's mm, weird does it it does no, it does, does it? it does mm. you're not supposed mm. to eat kelp yeah, yeah, you're no. talking about pumpkins. You're not supposed to eat kelp. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> I could right, make, that's I, fair. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess there's. You know, we said. You know, I can't argue the pumpkin thing. It's different I for mean, everybody. If you don't but... want pumpkin juice, why do I want kelp juice? Exactly. Well, I don't Good want kelp point. juice. <laughs> I don't want that. I just mean... bring it out. <laughs> I don't want kelp juice. I just want a leaf of kelp to garnish my beer. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's there's some weird. Have you guys have you ever experimented with some really weird stuff? I mean, there's some weird beers out there. That's you know, not, I mean, there's a brewery. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they're they're literally brewing a beer with Big Macs. Oh, I don't know, but yeah. like foolproof. We had one with like it's, an it's oyster or something. Or that's what I was foolproof brewery. But why would he brew that when he could brew this? I, I think a lot of that <laughs> stuff is just gimmicks. <laughs> it's it's it exactly is, what it is. But, yep. 
Sometimes people just bacon, do. bacon beer. Yeah, I've seen that. The uh, the Pizza. worst one, the worst one I've seen was from uh, Rogue, the beard beer, where they took the yeast out of the guy's beard. <gasps> oh, Horrible. Oh, I've heard we've heard worse. We've really? heard worse. Beard. You... Yeah. My least favorite. Where else the, does yeast I've come I've from? I've heard that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the worst I've ever had. I, I I don't think I would really put my lips on a glass <laughs> that's got some of that in it. But uh, the worst I've ever had was and. Uh, Jay Martin, the Red Baron of Experience, the two is from Foolproof. It's a beer brewed with oysters and barnacles from the bottom of ships. <laughs> and when no. you taste it, you know, like... That's what I, it tastes like. I like oysters. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yep. I, I like oysters, but as a food. No. Um, when you, Drinking the beer, it, it literally, it tasted like licking the bottom of a ship. Well, that's and what that's you not were appealing. Doing. Yeah, yeah, if you want that beer for free, drink some like salt yeah. water. No, I, just, I mean, <laughs> I, I bought one single of it from the store because it was just like I was like, I need to see how terrible this really is. Like, it just sounded so atrocious. That's and it was probably chocolate. how they sell it. All, it was chocolate you know? oyster. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about taking mm. my old sneakers and soaking the soles <laughs> from my sneakers <laughs> in the beer. Do, doing one of those like was it holes? Right? Don't yeah. Isn't that how they make <laughs> yeah. that stuff? Like, the, the, the shoes. That's out there. Foot sweat beer. Quarter mile beer. porter. Batch 50. I bet nobody's done that yet. <laughs> no, you guys could. It's actually fermenting in that right now if you want to sample. The sneakers are. Not, not the beer. Just the sneakers are fermenting. Just the sneakers. It's a sneaker juice. Well, it's refreshing to hear you guys don't think you need gimmicks to, no. to sell the beer, which is exciting. No, no well, I gimmicks. I don't think we've ever had a train horn on, on the air. Did we pick that Kendall's up? Kendall's pretty oh, excited. Yeah. Well, back at Maple, we were pretty close. We were picked up a lot of that, so... But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's exciting. Like you guys said, high foot traffic area. You guys are experiencing a lot of sales, um, foot traffic coming in the door. The He's running out of beer, which is, you know, like I said, it's a good problem to have. I mean, very good. you know, one day soon you said you'll you'll be there where you don't have that problem. But it's good that people like it. And, you have, like I said, you, I don't think you haven't really had – I haven't seen any on, like, beer advocate type things, people talking and, you know, Facebook groups – centralized around ct beer drinkers i haven't heard anybody say eh, you know this beer was okay or mm-hmm. this or this wasn't my thing everybody said good things well, well, i saw good stuff on untapped too well, um, well there was one bad comment <laughs> Uh-oh. last the, week yeah. the, there'll always be one the, the new two guys <laughs> came in and tried the new england ipa and they said this is not an ipa this is a stout <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. They, so. they were very insistent, and I finally just were had to let it go. Were they from Wallingford? I, I finally had to let it go. And if Can you're listening, I wasn't sorry, here at the time, so I couldn't, I couldn't straighten them out. I did a pretty good job explaining it to them. Yeah. And Krisha, poor Give Krisha, like was just trying not to laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, do, let's do a police sketch. We'll do our right? rounds. <laughs> Kyle, you're, you're a good drawer, right? No. Uh, <laughs> You always see those people in bars, though, that try and talk about craft beers that don't know what they're talking While about. While they're holding up a yeah. Bud Light. Yeah. Try, working, try working in a liquor store. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. You get people coming in. Yeah, you know, so I want an IPA, but I don't want it to really have any fruit. I don't want it to be too hoppy. And it shouldn't be hoppy. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've, you people that come in, I'm looking for a really good craft beer. I want a stout that's not too heavy, not too dark, and is under 3%. So there's Poland yeah, Springs like, over there. You want water with some malt in it? I don't know what you want. Like, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But well, he, my dad actually um, considered getting Budweiser on tap. It's both the regular Bud uh, and Bud Light, and because uh, one's a red handle and one's a blue tap handle, and uh, <laughs> hopefully they're not going to show up here. But <laughs> I'm going to take the red handle and weld it to the hot water tap. And then the oh. blue handle and weld it to the cold water tap. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's great. I'm all for that. Yeah. That's a great way to do that. Yeah. 
Well, you we'll have it available. This is what this is what you'll do. Once you get to the point where you're brewing enough beer and you start giving it to people, just start just trade bars the tap handles for it. <laughs> just make just make your own tap handle. I mean, you made the bar. You you made you said you know, I, I made these tap handles. Yeah, I mean, Samantha was saying you made the you know you laid the floor down, you built the bars, you built the everything in here. So just just make a make a, make some really cool cliffside tap handles and just go. Hey, I'll trade you this. <laughs> get the hot water handles. There you go. Yeah. What's it? What an interesting like. Like concept to do. I've never. I would have never thought of doing that in like a brewery. <laughs> oh, that's a, you, you should put it as like the. the My problem. They'll, the they'll show up and they'll sue me for for uh, slander yeah. or something. Yeah. Something. You get like a Coors that, Light you know? handle and use it as the toilet. Just flush <laughs> it. Get one of the pole flushes. That would be awesome. The UCR sure. use beer sign. Hmm? Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of funny signs going on in that bathroom. You should check it out. I haven't. I haven't been in there yet. Good signs in there. There's a lot of good signs. Outside of the bar, like the, I'm a big fan of any sign. Like, I noticed you have the two over there, how to cheers and like all the different languages to cheers, yep, yep. and then like how to know what a beer is. I'm a big fan of those signs. That, that's where we got our uh, Wi-Fi password. It was one of the how to cheer, how to say cheers in uh, what African was it? Zulu. Zulu, yes. Is Ugi Wawa. Nice. That's how you say cheers, Start and that is our that. Wi-Fi password. So. Kyle liked that one. We like to say it's people, and they get confused. <laughs> God, why don't you say that for us real quick? <laughs> no, he's not, he embarrasses himself enough. Um, well, I mean, it's we're about time to to wrap up. Um, but thank you for having us. You know, thanks for yeah. coming by. Yeah, Appreciate it. Oh, we'll um, be back. We'd love to do. <laughs> cool. We'd love to do something Always again. Welcome. You know, especially like you know, come by. We'll do another show when you guys get more beers on tap too, type of thing. Really expand the portfolio and uh, let the let the listeners you know experience how things have gone. Um, do you guys have social media? We do. We are on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at, at Cliffside Brewing. Um, we also have our website, which is cliffsidebrewing.com. Uh, so you can find us there. And we are on Yelp. We're on Untapped. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check out our, our Facebook page. We'll have, um, we'll have their social media info posted there as well. So when you're listening to the show, you can just click away. Uh, why don't you tell them where they can find us? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's finding new local breweries or drinking sneaker beer. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on Podbean and iTunes every morning from 7 to 8 a.m. on the Lieb Sports Network and every Sunday from 12 to 1 on the PPRN Radio Network. Mark, I'm really impressed that you don't even have this written down. I don't think you've yeah, ever had it written down. down. I've it's, said it so many times. <laughs> I think you just say it to yourself before you go to bed. He wakes up <laughs> like, just reciting it. <laughs> well, David Smith, it was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, um, thank you. So we'll, we'll be back soon as, as customers, not as podcast hosts. <laughs> and until until next time. Oh, hold on. We've got whispering going no, on. No, we're good. We're good. Stop whispering. Continue. Don't do that. That's distracting. <laughs> um, until next time, I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. I'm Solsey. I'm J-Mart. I'm the Red Baron. And we'll see you next time. I'm the hostess Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mock. Sheen Washable. Nope. I'm the Red Baron. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm the man of many names, and we're, we're Getting Sports, Sports with Drunk. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Be sure to subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And find us on the PPRN radio network every Sunday from 12 to 1.
Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Mock. Sheen Washable. Nope. And the Red Baron. Meow. That was really short. I didn't like that. <laughs> uh, we are, we're currently without um, J-Mart and the Man of Many Names, but what's more exciting than having them on the air is that we are recording from Black Hog Brewing in Oxford, Connecticut. We're here with Tyler. Hey, how you guys doing? He is the... Uh, uh, what was it? Lord of Liquid. Lord of the Liquid, Which yes. is his official title. Official. Official On title. On the website and everything. Which, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. I think uh, we should give him the, the golf clap for... Yeah, Lord, Lord of Liquid. Liquid. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, so we're here with Tyler. We're at Block, Block, Block Hog. Block Hog. We're at Block Hog, Black Hog <laughs> Brewing in uh, Oxford, Connecticut. So, this is exciting. Um, I think this is everybody here's first time actually to the brewery, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Never been. Um, it's exciting because we've actually featured some of your, we do our week, our starting lineups, mm-hmm. which you've been nice enough to pour us some. Yeah. Um, but some of the, the Blackhawk beers have made their way into the starting lineups Terrific. over the past shows. So um, without further ado, do you care to tell us our starting lineup? Yeah, so the starting, uh, starting lineup today, I uh, got a couple, two from the core. Um, started off with the Easy Rider. Um, my New Hampshire accent comes out in naming that one, <laughs> uh, but it's a uh, little five 5.5% ABV IPA, uh, just a touch of rye malt, a um, lot of uh, 07270, a um, lot of Eureka hops in there, um, kind of slight garlic, but big, like, kind of citrus juice going on in there in the finish, uh, and lower ABV, so you can have a couple not fall off your stool. Um, my glass here, I got the Granola Brown, um, gold medal winning uh, 2016 World Beer Cup uh, Brown Ale, uh, has a... Uh, both malted and flaked oats get you some really nice mouthfeel without any cloying sweetness in the finish, allowing me to play with a bunch of other malts, giving you some chocolate, some raisin notes in there. Uh, but again, with that nice clean finish, it's not cloyingly sweet on the finish. Um, poured a little of the Hogwater IPA for the IPA fans over here. Uh, it's kind of our uh, our lean towards a New England style IPA, the Citro Mosaic Calypso blend in there, 7%, uh, big juicy, um, a lot of hop aromatics in it, a lot of hop flavor in there, uh, really great beer. And then uh, one of our special, uh, for where it's right around the holidays right now, so we release a, uh, this year we did a 2017 bourbon barrel age peach milk stout, which is uh, taking our coffee milk stout um, pre-coffee, because we do the coffee into the bright tank, put it into a bourbon barrel, and about 100 pounds of peaches went into that barrel as well. Um, let it all kind of ferment out and age together, and just it just adds a little holiday cheer to all your life. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very excited. Really, very happy. Yeah. Big smile. I'm very excited. So grinning uh, over there. Yeah. So um, toast to excellence to Tyler and Black Hog Brewing for having us. Thank you and uh, cheers. Yeah, cheers. 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 Oh, I'm so excited. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, it's funny, listening to Tyler talk about the beers, that's everything that we want our beer review to be, and we are just so bad. <laughs> we're like, yeah, this is good. Like, hit all the notes. Like, I try to do that, and I just sound like an idiot. Well, all the time. Someone picks out the beers every week, and it's like, sometimes we get, like, crap beers. Sometimes they're really good. Steel Reserve last week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what can you say about, oh, Steel Reserve has notes of can. Horrible. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, I, I went to school for this stuff, you know, so that's kind of like, it's... Uh, it's beer. Beer is more than just opening that can and drinking it. I mean, Absolutely. there's there's a there's a science. There's an art behind it. And then there's yeah. there's things the things we try to do as a brewer to get certain flavors out of it um, within the brewing process or even the fermentation process or the aging process. Every beer has many layers of flavor, and you can get them in a lot of different w- ways along the, the process of making that beer too. So, so you said you went to school for this. Where whereabouts do you go to school for brewing beer? Um, there's a lot of them. In the, in the country now. Um, I went to school in 2006. Uh, I graduated University of New Hampshire Chemical Engineering. Then I went out to UC Davis and did the Master Brewer Certificate out there. So um, one of like 
one of the better ones at the time. Um, but it was just kind of a intensive uh, seven month program, like eight hours a day, five days a week, kind of classroom laboratory and kind of learning wow. everything there is to do about the, the biochemistry and the engineering behind making beer. Um, but yeah, that doesn't, I mean, I even, but my first job started out as a keg washer. You always start at the bottom. doesn't That's matter. It. You know, you always got to work your way up and earn your stripes. But uh, yeah, I came back east and been uh, brewing professionally since 2007 now. Well, so this is not something you stumbled into. You wanted to do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I stumbled into my homebrew kit in college. So that's kind of where I, uh, I found a homebrew kit in the back corner of the closet. Of the You know, living in a six-bedroom house with seven guys. And um, one of my roommate's older brothers got a homebrew kit for Christmas, never used it, gave it to him. He never used it. And I just found it and made a batch of beer and then bought a, my second extract kit. And it was the same amount of money I was spending on a shitty 30 rack. So I was like... <laughs> Same amount of money for 30 crappy beers. I make 50 good beers. Hey, let's just keep doing this. Um, and then it's I just, efficient. yeah, you know, cheap college. You got to <laughs> do what you got to do. Um, well, then I just kind of fell in love with the recipe formulation and flavors and then just blossomed from there. That's awesome. We should buy the rights to his story and make a movie. <laughs> I like Pretty that. Cool. But who would you want to play you in the in the movie? If we were to make mm. a movie about your well, we need tough to one. grow tough his one. beard. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm well, the, if it's an independent film, we have a friend, Shane, that... Similar hair color. Yeah, I'm going to find my doppelganger yeah, out there. Yeah. We'll have to make it like a side-by-side. -side, <laughs> you, know, you guys can vote on it. So how long have you been working at Blackhog? Uh, I'm one of the co-founders so since the beginning. Uh, Blackhog's opened in 2014. So, um, wow, I, I, I couldn't believe that when I because like, I, I did some research before I came in, and I thought it was so much longer before that. I feel like I've been drinking a beer longer than that. No, I mean, it's just something where, you know, we hit the ground running hard. I mean, we, um, we took over a, an existing brewing space. Um, the space was Calvary Brewing Company. They started in 2010. Um, and then we, I walked into a 15-barrel brew house with four 30-barrel fermenters and a 30-barrel bright. So I just kept them full and kept cranking. So, yeah, we've been pushing hard since the beginning, and we've expanded since then. And I say it's paid off because you said you did, this is this is new space for you, right? Big Bigger space. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't come into the brewery since uh, August, we took over. You know, we doubled our square footage. Um, Brand-new tasting room we're sitting in right now with a – wood everywhere and you know, new taps and new little cubbies to sit in and stuff like that. So it's just a much uh, homier space to be in and enjoy a beer. Um, and we're able to stay open longer because the old tasting room, literally where the canning line is set up now, is where the tasting room was. So if we were canning, the tasting room wasn't open. But now we're <laughs> able to like keep production going and have the tasting room open at the same time, which is awesome. And it looks great in here. Yeah, We'll have um, awesome. our, our chief editor over there, uh, Rita, she's here. Um, she'll have her post pictures. But this is probably the best idea i've ever seen in a tap room is you guys have a storage system with seating underneath it that's awesome yeah that was one of those uh during the the build out of the tasting room uh my business partner jason was like well i need it all the way to the pole for like the tasting room space he's like but i still need storage so we kind of met in the middle and uh you know we clamped some two by fours to the outside of the uh the pallet rack here and then just started screwed a bunch of pallet wood to it and you know made it made him nice little cozy caves yeah. um our artist max toth who does all of our artwork for the uh cans and all that uh saw the space and then he came in and did our uh outlines of disco pig heads running down in each bay um alternating colors where there's an easy rider there's the, the swag color there's a granola brown color and then there's the ginger ninja pink um, in, e in each individual bay, so he kind of put his little artistic touch on it, which kind of adds some really cool character to it as well. You should call these spaces, this is a term we came up with a long time ago, it's called a hog hut, and it's more appropriate <laughs> here than anywhere. A hog hut? Hog hut. So yeah. what happens in a hog hut? That's you the know, question. I don't really know. We just think that's where the pigs live, but we don't <laughs> know. We were driving to Pittsburgh, and we saw all these little, they looked like dog houses, but we only saw pigs. Yeah. So hog huts. called them hog huts. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
That's all. It's just one of those things. It just got said and it stuck. Yeah. It's it's a shout out to J-Bar. He came here today, but I think he's the one who coined that. The hog hut. That's good. I, I could see it written right there. Hog hut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty innovative. You're looking for a job? Yeah, I, my resume's in the car, actually. <laughs> it all it says on it is graduated. Well, graduated. <laughs> totally graduated. Without honors. <laughs> um, so you said, you mentioned before that uh, two of the beers here, the... Granola Brown and the Easy Rider part of the core. So, what, what what exactly is the core for for the Black Hawk line? So, Black Hawk lineup um, is a uh, Easy Rider again, uh, that low ABV um, IPA, and then uh, Ginger Ninja, which is uh, has that beautiful pink can you see on the shelf with the, the ginger holding the pink, big flowing red hair, and uh, it's a uh, it's a red IPA with uh, some fresh ginger added to it. Um, it was actually my wedding beer. Uh, I married a redhead and uh, made that first batch for her when I was the assistant brewer at Portsmouth Brewery up in New Hampshire. And uh, it was the only beer I brought with me from Portsmouth Brewery to Black Hog. And the recipe's tweaked since then, but um, it's one of the one of the beers that holds close place in my heart. Um, it then, changed my opinion because I, I don't like ginger things. And I tried it because um, it's been noted on here before. I work at a liquor store. A lot <laughs> of free samples. But I tried it and um, changed my opinion on the, the ginger thing. I I haven't really found another one I liked, so I, but I like that one. No, that's something where, like, that's been, I mean, that's uh, years and years of tweaking recipe and getting the ginger just right. Um, having that little bit of red malt in the background actually helps kind of that, you know, if you have, like, the ginger beer that you mix with dark rum to make it dark and stormy, if you drink that by itself, it's so sharp, and, like, you get that burning ginger in the back of your throat. Um, I didn't want that. I wanted the ginger to come off as almost like a hop component, like a little herbal hop component, but still, like, you could taste the ginger, but it's, well, you didn't have that burn. And um, it's finding that the, the the right ginger connection for one, so you have consistent ginger coming in, but then using the right amount at the right time to get that consistent ginger flavor going on. Mission and accomplished. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's good. Um, and one of the other, I mean, I mentioned the granola brown earlier, but yeah, it's just a beautiful brown ale. My uh, my father-in-law was one of the investors here, and uh, when I was working up in New Hampshire, I'd always come to visit. Um, well, there weren't the in-laws at that point. We were just dating. But uh, I'd always bring him a case of the uh, old brown dog because I was working at, you know, Portsmouth Brewery Smutty Nose, so I had access to old brown dog. And it was his favorite beer. So I made sure to I'll make sure to make you a brown ale. But um, I took kind of uh, an idea of how I used to make uh, the old brown dog. But then I made a couple of beers at Portsmouth Brewery when I was a head brewer that I used oats and made a pale ale out of them and kind of combined a bunch of different ca- characteristics of all those different beers together to make this, getting that body from the oats. And uh, again, so it's not super cloying. It's just really flavorful. Uh, but drinking clean where you can actually drink it year-round. It's not – there's no like – a lot of times you try to drink a brown ale in the summer, it's just too thick and too syrupy. And, like, I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to drink it year-round, and I think I accomplished it with the brown, the, the uh, granola brown. Um, one of the other cores is our coffee milk stout. Uh, I mentioned the variant, the peach variant that you're drinking now, but um, that's another one. We do a lactose-based milk stout um, and then do an in-house cold water extraction uh, from Jim's Organic Coffee. Uh, we use a mixture of their Wunder Brew, which is kind of a – uh, medium roast, um, kind of South American, and then we use um, two thirds that and one third of the um, their espresso. So just a little bit of that sharp coffee note. But I didn't want to. A lot of coffee beers use all espresso or all dark roast to get a big coffee flavor. And like using it, like the whole point of the milk stout is to be soft and subtle and beautiful mouthfeel. I didn't want to like add too much acridness from the coffee. So again, not using just straight espresso beans and then doing the cold water extraction where you don't get any oils you don't get any acronyms off the beans you just get the pure coffee essence really gets that it's a beautiful breakfast beer um a lot of people are starting to do the milk stout route i know um locally as well thimble island started doing a coffee milk stout but for the longest time in the liquor store like the go-to recommendation for the longest time was left hands milk stout Mm -hmm. but i've always found that milk stouts even even if they are good they're either 
like too thin, like thinner than Guinness almost, or they're too, like you said, way too sharp on the coffee yeah. notes. Yeah. So it's a very it's a good balance. Yeah, and I mean that's something. I mean, it's hard for me to be the extreme brewer and like I, like I don't like extreme flavors. I mean, I'm doing some extreme beers for extreme uh, EBF, the Extreme Beer Fest out in Boston and stuff like that. But like my my day in day out drinking beers, like what I put out on the shelf on a daily basis, like I want them to be in balance. I want them to be food beer. I want them to be like you can drink them by themselves and really enjoy them or have have a meal with them and it changes how the meal tastes and then the meal changes how the beer tastes and it's just like just kind of give you that whole experience while you're drinking it kind of like the wine yeah. type of yeah. mentality and, to and, it. and like beers beers lower abv and like a large large like everyone talks about food and wine pairings or cheese and wine pairings and all this but like a large component of wine is the alcohol mm-hmm. i mean on the low end you're at 12 percent, and then you got some huge cabs at 16 you know like, yeah. so there's there's alcohol is a big component of a wine like palette of a flavor of a wine with beer, you're talking five and a half percent. You're talking like upwards, whoa, seven percent. You know, like it's not that. So like you get a lot more room to play with flavors. Right. You get a lot more chance to play and like pair with foods and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, I mean that's why I really like. I am a little biased, but I think beer pairs with food much better than wine does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree because yeah. wine's gross. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get me wrong. I enjoy a glass of wine from time to time, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then you mentioned just one more core. We're actually just introducing coming up very shortly. It's finishing up fermentation right now. We released kind of the beginning of the year here. Uh, we're introducing the uh, hog lager, so we're going to be doing a year-round lager. Um, just Such a all, good name. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, all all Haltel uh, Blanc hops, and then all all Pilsner all Haltel Blanc. Like very simple, but like subtle but beautiful all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of have that craft lager in the in the mix as well. Yeah, that's exciting. A lot hog, of good stuff. Hog lager. Hog I'm lager. A big fan. Fan. It's amazing what you can tattooed. Hogwater. <laughs> right no, we're in this ass. <laughs> so then, so you have the other beers: the Hogwater, mm-hmm. the um, Swag, mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, Piglet. Yep. Deliciously dank. Deliciously dank. All three of those have made appearances on yep. the show. <laughs> we've, we've been a big fan of the deliciously dank. That's been a big fan. But so, is that going to be? Is that like a seasonal thing that we're going towards, or is it? Because I've noticed that the liquor store world, we've we've carried both. We've been getting a lot of Piglet in lately. Big big fan of that, um, but is that is it a seasonal line? Is it just like a no? I mean the yeah, I mean those are I mean those are our uh, I guess our only true IPAs if you think about it. we got a, like a you know a low ABV IPA and a ginger red IPA so like the hog waters and the piglets are our true like true to style IPAs right. um, and I mean we we brew them in rotation um, I mean God honest truth they're just super expensive to make. Yeah, one thing just because of the amount of hops we put in them, and well, I mean, what's um, the, isn't isn't the phrase on the hog water the hop lovers dream? Yeah, hop lovers wet, wet dream. Wet dream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just pretty intense. hoppy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, and you know, and the hops we use are like the hard to get, expensive per pound ones and stuff like that. So I mean, the beer itself is really expensive to make, but it makes the beer better, and we're out. So it's uh, we we don't I don't want to have it on year round all the time because right. of the fact that it's an IPA. It should be drank fresh. You should be mm-hmm. able to go through it. And um, I don't want someone's experience to, like, buy something on the shelf that's been on the shelf for four months to be like, oh, this beer isn't good. Like, I want to limit the amount that's going out. So make sure that it goes out small amounts, like, enough where, like, every liquor store can get a case or two, and then they sell off their shelves, and then someone enjoys it. And it's just kind of make sure that I keep it spaced out. And um, for Connecticut itself, I'm actually trying to alternate with between the two of Piglet and Hogwater, so they're not competing on the shelves either. So it's kind of like a, it's more of a – I've, uh, I mean, I used to say beer is 50% science, 50% art, and now I'm learning there's another 50% of business that I'm <laughs> kind of picking up on of being a, the owner of a brewery. Um, but that business side of like, you know, you got to keep it, 
fresh on the shelves. How do you do that by like brewing in a certain way and like only releasing? And it's not like we're not making it. It's uh, we're just not releasing. We're only, we're making it and then releasing it to certain markets at certain times of the year to make sure that because I know that like like Connecticut will get like hog water in January. I mean, I don't have the the release schedule in front of me right now, so don't don't hold me to this. But like, you know, they get hog water in January, then like February's off to make sure it's all off the shelf, and then March they'll get piglet, and then there's you know every month of the month we kind of alternate between the two is kind yeah. of well, my a, goal. It's a great idea. Yeah, just kind of like keep it keep it kind of fresh on the shelf. It, it almost make, guarantees that no no customer is going to walk away with bad well, beer yeah, or old and, beer, not bad, but and that's old. something where it's like I mean I was I was a head brewer up at Portsmouth Brewery, a little seven barrel brew pub, uh, right downtown uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, sister brewery, somebody knows, and it was. I would brew beer, I'd put it in a serving tank, and I would sit next to people at the bar drinking it, and that was as far as the beer went. Starting Blackhawk, I got this whole new appreciation of the distribution of beer yeah. and how that all happens, and I've been slowly learning that over the three and a half years we've been running and getting it um, to where we are now, where I'm trying to, I'm trying to please them without screwing over the end customer, you know, because like. I mean, we have distributors that will just like, oh, we'll take 600 cases of hog water every month. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give it to you because that means <laughs> it's going to sit on the shelf. And then my end user, you guys buying at a liquor store or someone, there'll be a, a random log that's in the back corner of their warehouse that doesn't get, it's the last one that gets sold that finally gets put on tap somewhere that's like four months old. And like, I don't want that. I want everyone to enjoy my beer for what they are and have them as fresh as possible, and especially on the IPA world. So it's just kind of a, it's purposely that they're not always available just because of, you know, one, how much they cost, but two, I want to make sure that the end user is getting a really great experience while drinking it. So I never understood why breweries did, you know, s- certain releases and that, that made a lot of sense. So I know it's like the end user, a lot of times you're like, oh, which just was always here. Why isn't that? That's a good reason. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, chances are, if you're, you're really wanting it and wondering why isn't it here, there's, you know, a hundred other people in that, that exactly. go to that store every week that are thinking the same thing. So it's, it's going somewhere, which is good. Um, so it's kind of lucky. I mean, I, I haven't really had the ability to travel around the country long enough to stay in a place and see what the brewery scene is. But it feels like Connecticut's kind of like got to be towards the front runners of, of breweries. I mean, I mean, we're a small state, but we've got a lot. And a lot of them do distribution. A lot of them don't. But it kind of seems like a good area to be in, in terms of being a, a craft brew. Yeah. I mean, when I mean, we started in 2014, I think we were the 15th or 16th brewery that opened up in Connecticut. Um, now there's 54 or something crazy, like three and a half years later, which is great. I mean, because Connecticut was a wasteland for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember coming down from New Hampshire, which is, has was one third the population and four times the breweries already. You know, so there was just like this. There, there's the population here. There's people. Well, it's so cold; they have to drink. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> all the time. Um, but no, having that. But it was like Connecticut now is like definitely every corner of the state has their own their own local brewery. They're supporting. And I mean. There's just uh, and it's just really it's really cool in that way where it's starting to grow and yeah the distribution is is helpful because Connecticut's just as a as a distribution brewery we do a large large percentage of distribution Connecticut's great because I mean we're you know New York's right there Boston's right there you know like it's just we can get down to DC in three hours you know it's just like it's a good like distribution hub to get to like Philadelphia DC New York City Boston all the big places yeah uh, Portland even we're doing really well up in Portland Maine right now too so um, but yeah we've trying to spread our wings a little bit. Um, just because we have the infrastructure to make a lot of beer. But I also want, again, people drinking the beer in the tasting room to have the freshest beer possible. Right. So I make 30 barrels of it. I'm only going to sell, you know, I'm only going to sell how many, like, we'll say 10 kegs out of that 30 barrels. So I want that other just to go out the door. 
so that when we run all those 10 kegs to the, fr- the tasting room, I got a fresh batch ready to put on the tasting room. You know, so going to have that yeah. cyclical keeping the beer for people to come here as best and fresh as possible. Well, I mean, it's got to feel it's got to feel good as owner and lord of liquid. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I obviously I don't have the numbers with me, but you know, working at a liquor store, there's there's some bigger breweries or some smaller breweries, especially in terms of square footage. You guys aren't the biggest, for sure. But um, I, I would think it would be fair to say you guys are second or third in terms of our total sales. That's awesome. And we're a huge liquor store. Like we have a lot. I work at Sonatia Beverage Mart in Middletown. Yeah. And you know we're a huge store with a lot of craft beers. And in terms of local, not even local in terms of Connecticut and New England, not counting Sam Adams, they don't count because they're not a microbrew anymore. <laughs> well, they keep changing the law, so the rules. So officially, they still are craft beer. Yeah. They, every year they make ten million more barrels, and they say they raise the, the allotment ten more barrels, so they can still. They're no longer ma- they're still not macro officially. Yeah. But quotes air quotes, quotes everywhere. But I mean, but e- even for Connecticut, I mean, you just blow a lot of the companies out of the water that are, are bigger than you, which is it's gotta be nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been fun, and I mean, it's it's, I mean, you mentioned Sam Adams and stuff and other people and like, almost like in a c- competitive like mindset, and it's it's, it's great that like I'm happy our beer is selling. I'm, I wish everyone's beer sold well too because it's it's we're all friends in this. We're all we're all fighting the the, the macro loggers. We're all against Budweiser or Miller or Coors or like you know because they're still like seventy percent of the market. Yeah, people are still drinking that, and it's just like there's still a lot of beer drinkers out there that haven't came to the craft world. I'll say of all the of all the beer drinkers in the world, I mean, more than the majority of them grew up when the the craft beer world wasn't. I mean. What, like, not even that long ago, like, the number one craft beer in Connecticut was, like, or not in Connecticut, but, like, around the world was Magic Hat. And, like, now that's, like, not even a thing anymore. People, like, (laughs) nobody really buys Magic Hat, at least not where I work. (laughs) It's such a boom right now, craft beer. It's exploded. Yeah. No, I I think the big thing is that the Magic Hat was big because they were one of the the original, like, crafts and, like, people were getting into it and people were buying it. Um, and everyone talks about like like the slow food movement or the local food movement and like local and then all of a sudden that has bled into the craft beer world now where like it's been drink your like drink what's local for a long time and everyone was getting hyper local now where people are like oh I'm, there's so many breweries around me like I'm I'm we have we have regulars that come in three days a week to come here and drink our beer yeah. and they're like this is the best beer hands down across and like they're drinking hyper local you know so it's like it's almost where it's um the the marketing of like the larger like magic hats you know they they were they were out there pint glasses with mustaches on them and everything <laughs> and like all the bars and everywhere they're in freaking Idaho who knows they were all over the place but like having having to distribute beer across the country just is not necessary anymore because everyone's drinking local and the yeah. farther you get away from your home base the less people want to buy your beer so I mean we're 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 definitely we're trying to distribute throughout New England. And be cover New England pretty well, and be as local as we can, and um, into a couple of the bigger cities because there's like you know there's a lot of expatriates of Connecticut that are living in D.C., living in Philadelphia, and like they have their oh my Connecticut brew I can finally have, but it's like I, I don't I never I'm never gonna see Black Hog down in like Florida, like I'm never gonna distribute out to like Ohio, you know like I, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to because it's because there's too many good breweries in Florida now, and there's too many good breweries in Ohio to like try to even compete with that, and you think about trying to distribute out there like. How long does it take for that distributor to come here, pick up a beer, drive it over there? You know, just like yeah. just adds a the whole logistics. Yeah, the logistics it adds it adds age to the beer that doesn't have to be because you can sell it local. So. Well, it's amazing too because I mean, like you said, like 
you you never see you know Blackhawk distributing in Florida or Ohio or wherever, but it gets itself there anyway. Because like you said, people move, people leave, and like in the in the liquor store industry, people all the time that come home for the holidays and they stock up on three four cases of different varieties of beer that they like from lo- the Connecticut, mm-hmm. and they bring them back with them. And then there's no way that those beers don't get tasted by people that are from Ohio or Texas or Indiana or wherever. And it just you know kind of words of mouth itself around anyway. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, like a a big one to think about, you know, a big is Treehouse. Treehouse doesn't even distribute. They're, they're, you know, you wait in line all day and you get your beer, but it's, it's nationally known how good that beer is. It's had to have gotten around. So it's just how it works. There's a big like beer trading community that runs around like the Treehouses and the, yeah. uh, I've never been as big into the beer trading thing. It's just, as much as I like beer, I I will not wait in line for four hours to get, 12 beers. Well, it's not even that. It's just like, you know, there's, you, you go on these websites and you look at these beer trading things, like people who like, the big ones that yeah. people know, like the King Julius or whatever from Treehouse, and people are like, oh, well, let's trade beers, and it's like, I'm not getting, it's not Pokemon. I'm not, go, <laughs> I'm not going and waiting in line to get beer so that I can trade you my Julius for your Charizard. Like, it's not what I want. You know, I want, do, um, do you want to do that? If you have a real Charizard, <laughs> I'll, I'll get all the beer for you. But I don't, but it, I don't know. I've never been, a lot of people I know are into the the beer trading world, like there's some like craft group like uh, bars and stuff like that that do um, beer trading nights, and like there's a there's a place in Middletown called Hopknot. Oh, yeah. um, they had a small little thing that was open for a while called Disco Chick, a wing place, and they had a beer trading night. And it's like if I go to a place that's you know, and I'm bringing my beer to try, I don't want I don't want to pour samples for everybody. I don't want to trade <laughs> tastings of my beer. I brought it because I like it, <laughs> and it's nothing worse than like bringing like if I brought this, this delicious beer, this this peach milk stout. And I poured a sample, and someone gave me something crappy, and we're trying to be pissed. Start bringing 18 racks of Budweiser to those things. Back to the Steel Reserve. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you mentioned before, um, you know, it, it's funny because, like, in the liquor store world, like, we almost view sales not, like, as a competition for the breweries, but as a competition for shelf space, really, because, you know, certain things sell, certain things don't. But you mentioned in the brewery world, it's, it's, more, it's more family-based than it is competitive-based. I mean, everybody wants their beer to be the best, but a lot of, a lot of it is... Working together, oh, like you sure. said, it, it, whether it's against the macros or to promote beers. So um, we talked earlier. You said you're you're in a c- current collab situation. Can you talk about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just had uh, Ken Falls and Kinsman Brewing Company uh, actually come in yesterday. Uh, we uh, the kettle is actually souring right now. We did a uh, scoby, uh, which is a kombucha uh, mixed yeast culture uh, that we got from Counterculture um, Counterculture. Outer Council Brewing or something. It's a, a new SCOBY company that's opened up in Danbury. Uh, but we got some, so basically we're using that uh, SCOBY culture, which has some acetobacter, it has some lactobacillus, and kind of some stuff you would know, like kind of giving like that tart, like vinegar, or like that uh, acetic acid or the lactic acid kind of back note to the beer. Um, and then I'll basically let that ferment out for three days, but then I'll um, basically boil it, kill all those bacteriums, kind of stop the souring characteristic, and then transfer that into a the Disco Big fermenter. Uh, I'm going to start off with a Saison yeast, uh, this primary fermentation, and then halfway through fermentation, add in some uh, Brett C or Brett Clausianus, which is a, a little bit of a cleaner Brett strain. It's not as funky farmhouse, comes off a little more tropical. Um, but uh, during the brewing process, going to add a little bit of ginger into it as well, and then some green tea. I kind of like lean towards the kombucha world of having that like ginger green tea kombucha kind of but in beer form. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like an idea that 
got drunkly talked about it on an event <laughs> that like turned into a bunch of emails that turned into who the hell can get some scoby for us and then like <laughs> finding the scoby and then making the brew day and then just we all get together and hang out and drink drink, drink a few beers and make the beer you know it's a so it's just fun to be able to do collab brews because it gets me you know it gets everyone out of their comfort zone a little bit gets yeah. other brewers that maybe haven't been to the place since we expanded and seen our new tanks and all that and kind of get them in and see where we're at and see how to brew on a different system and like yeah it's just uh being able to have those ideas and cross-pollinate some really cool things so that'll be brewed here yeah it is yeah currently currently being brewed here so now because you're you're the bigger of the three correct and maybe in terms of volume wise yeah and volume wise yeah yeah. but like you said it's interesting because it's you said it gets everybody out of their comfort zone and you mentioned before like the hyper local or hyper local people i mean you guys aren't necessarily all right next to each other type of thing but it'll get you know it'll be on tap and everybody's yeah it's good i mean that's where it's like i mean you know, like the social media stuff, like you tag, like tag Ken Falls, you tag Kinsman, so you get like the people that are following them, all of a sudden see your picture, and then, the, okay, then absolutely. They, and then they're like, oh, what are these guys up to? And then maybe they, on a weekend, take the drive to Oxford and come check out the new tasting room and yeah. try some beers they haven't tried. You know, it's kind of just all, it all helps everybody. And same frame for them. We're like, like our super regulars that are here three days a week are like, oh, they're collaborating with these guys. Like, let's go check out the new tasting room at Kinsman. Or like, I heard it just like Ken Falls just opened up their tasting room. Like, maybe I'll make a trip to the northwest corner. You know, just kind of like get people, the drink, like the drinking community out of their comfort zone too. Like trying to look at different beers. And because I mean, it's, you try to collab with other breweries in your state or other breweries that you respect. And like, it's just one of those things where you get, even your like, you're like, they, they all bring beers. I get to try beers I maybe wouldn't have tried before because they brought them along. And then, um, gets our, our customers and their customers kind of cross-interested in each other and just kind of helps everyone out. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's one of those things, people are always going to buy beer. Yeah. They're, no matter, I mean... What are you saying? <laughs> I can have $5 left and there's a good chance it's going to beer. So, I mean, to just get out there, you're competing, but you're not. They're going to spend the money. Yeah. And it's well, you said, too, because like it, it's an interesting like family twist because... You're finding out like micro a lot of microbreweries are willing to open their doors to other breweries and come in. You mentioned before you're having a uh, barrel age fest, right? Mm-hmm. And um, tickets are sold out, so don't 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 show up. Just don't email me unless you have a ticket. <laughs> unless you have a ticket, but that's coming up in you said like two weeks, right? Yep, the twentieth. Yep. Yeah, and you're, you're how, how many how many breweries are you having? Here? Uh, we well, this is our second year of it. Last year we had twelve. We were trying to get like fourteen or fifteen, but a lot of people, friends and friends, and you know, so I think we're up to eighteen breweries pouring. Including including ourselves, so wow. uh, every brewery will be sit, like stationed up jockey boxes, then pouring one to two different barrel aged beers, and then um, I'm gonna dig through our, our stacks here and try to bring out some fun old stuff and try to fill our taps with as many just uh, excuse me as many uh, barrel aged beers as I can pull out for the festival. So uh, really fun time. I mean, it's just a flat flat price. Um, proceeds going to uh, Vi for the Kids, uh, which uh, kind of they research um, uh, basically child uh, cancer, which is like there's not a lot of money going towards child cancer prevention right now because everyone's looking at the older people because that's more prevalent in the, in the, mm-hmm. as you get older uh but you know if you could we can solve the child cancer that the per, that kid can then now live a full life you know so right. uh, it's a cool program uh jason's been dealing with it from casey's from for many years and we're glad to be part of it as well um but yeah we're gonna have you know 18 breweries we're gonna have a um, couple different vendors uh, inside with like a guy who does barrel aged maple syrup. So, have Belgian waffles and barrel aged maple syrup. We have uh, the oh. Drunk Alpaca Chicks here doing like they do all of uh, different like desserts and like snacks and stuff, all made with beer. Uh, got two different food trucks outside with uh, Casius uh, Cheese Truck and then the um, Chief Brody's Mon Me Truck, which is 
best sandwich in the world. Um, then uh, we have Wix Forge, who does like our uh, metal bottle openers that we sell in the tasting room. Uh, it's gonna be doing coming, doing like a live like metalworking presentation kind of set up outside with big cool. heater going yeah. and sparks and awesome. craziness. You know, so it's gonna be like it's something to do in the doldrums of winter. And yeah. Get warmed up by a couple fancy beers and eat some good food. So this isn't even an event. This is a festival. <laughs> yeah, we should have got tickets. What were you we doing? Yeah, producer missed the boat yeah. on that. Way one. to go. Ass, <laughs> um, but that, that's awesome because it's you know like yes it's it's at your location and you know you have the ability to have more brews on tap and whatnot and so people are you know noting that event with Blackhawk but you're you're opening up the doors to however many breweries to come in and and be a part of the Blackhawk family oh, for sure. which is that's awesome I mean that's in the business world that's not usually how it is it's much more cutthroat like we don't want to be associated with anybody that's similar to us and that's just it's not how it works in the beer industry no that that's like we were saying even when we were at cliffside a few weeks ago everyone's have, have you been to cliffside yet uh i haven't they're right around, literally right around the corner from my house um, yeah. i've just had i mean i got two kids at home and yeah I work a lot it? so it's like hard to get out um my wife's been there a couple times though but um they've actually had uh our coffee milk stout on tap yeah so, yeah yeah we, we that was our first uh like on-site brewery yeah. type of thing we we wanted to make sure we didn't start off with someone really big and then <laughs> and blow it bad. But they, um, they said like the same thing, like you know, other breweries went in there and were like helping them set up and yeah, they got know, emails and stuff and people, you know, and it wasn't it help. wasn't just like hey, like you know, put one of our beers on your tap type of thing. It was just like hey, like we're great. It's exciting to see someone you know starting up and you know like you know give us your business cards. We'll put them in our tap room and this that and the other thing. And it's just it's exciting to know that the craft beer world is. Is more helpful of each other Friendly. than anything. Yeah, friendly. Well, it's nice too because I mean, people. You know, it's it's more. I feel like it's more along the lines of like, hey, don't drink. You know, the Thimble Island American Ale. Drink the Easy Rider. It's like, oh, if you like the Thimble Island American oh, Ale, yeah. you'll probably like our our. You know, yeah. and it's just like if you like this, you'll like this. It's not. Don't drink theirs. Theirs is terrible. <laughs> and that's that's nice because that's not how it is in anywhere else. Anywhere else <laughs> for anything in the world. <laughs> Sunoco's gas is so much better than Mobile's. <laughs> it has a much better taste. It's dry clean. clean. <laughs> yeah, dry exactly. clean. <laughs> I actually have a question real quick. I don't know if we touched on this already. I just missed it. The name Black Hog. Story behind that? Oh, yeah. All right. He go. raised pigs. Where were you? Yes. I lived in New Hampshire as a pig farmer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hog huts. Hog, hog huts yes. were everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, we, um, you know. When we decided to open a brewery, you know, email turned into a phone call, which turned into a business plan, and we're just trying to figure out what we want to call this place. We just started, like, spitting off, like, a bunch of different names, and, like, you Google anything, it's pretty much a brewery already. Um, so it was just kind of like... It's like the band theory. Yeah, the yeah. Band phenomenon. Kendall has the band theory. Any, yeah. any, you come up with a band, any name you can think of, it's start already taking it. Already yeah. yeah, so it was the same idea. So we're trying to, like, figure out what we wanted to do, and... Um, so we kind of just took a step back and just all like stopped thinking about it for a while, and then uh, Jason came back where he's uh, has his master's in astronomy and is a chef by trade and um, amazing cook. And um, when he has a, a party at his house or anywhere, um, whether it's his kid's third birthday party or his wife just got her master's, invite friends, family, neighbors, like everybody shows up, and so it's a huge get together. Everyone has good beer, everyone has some good food, and. Um, a good time in general but uh the best way to feed that many people he does like pig roast mm -hmm. so he has these like open smoke like a beautiful smoker that he does like whole whole hogs on and uh mox no mox no stranger to the, the, the pig roast <laughs> Big family fan of pig, roast. <laughs> pig roasts are awesome so but um but the one of the one of the best uh breeds uh is the berkshire hog um it's uh jet black hair uh, has great marbling within the meat. It's like a heritage breed. It's just like a perfect pig to do a, a whole pig roast tour. Delicious. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, it's nicknamed the Blackhawk. So it's just Blackhawk Brewing is just friends, family, beer, food, kind of good times all wrapped up into one. That's cool. Yeah, cool. I like yeah. that. Invite everybody into your hog hut. Hey, everyone, come <laughs> to the hog hut. <laughs> we should... We might, have, we might have did something good here with the hog hut thing. I hope so. I like I that we're so. saying it again. Yeah, hog hut. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you have to like all these beers in order to put them out. You wouldn't brew something and then hate it and then be like, yeah, let's sell it Let's sell it in our tap room. But um, which one's your favorite? What's your favorite beer that you make? Usually the one in my hand. Um, <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's very no, it's um, <laughs> Beer is very situational for me. Um, I mean, the Granola Brown's got to speak to you because you have all these beers at your disposal today, yeah. and you pour. That's what you poured yourself. Well, is you know you wanted to make sure to have a, a quality, balanced starting lineup here. So I may have thought about that <laughs> along the way. See, that's one of the, the thoughts that went through my head. I yeah. thought about the time of day. It's this in the morning. Why, this is why we don't brew beer. Yeah, it's a, it was like in the morning. I just came off of coffee, so like you know, I think a brown will be perfect. You know, like yeah. that's what goes through my head every time I pour a beer. So now, like it's kind of uh, I go through like time of day, like time of year what I'm, if i'm eating with it what was the last beer i had i kind of like because beer is an experience through and through like in it what's on your palate changes in the next beer's flavor and stuff like so it's just kind of a um it's hard for me to i mean an easy rider is like i always i'll have an easy rider a day just kind of like just to have like at lunch i'll have an easy ride i just kind of like lower abv um or like at shift like shift beer you know stuff like that but like I, easy ride is just my go-to like easy drinking it's kind of uh reminiscent of what like like my like my desert island beer that i don't make would be like the the sierra nevada pale ale you know like reminiscent of that kind of lower abv like pininess but like a different twist on it you know but um but i mean it's just like i I love i love all of them and it's just so like so situational it's hard for me to like pick out that one but if i had to like absolutely like gun to my head pick out one it'd be the easy rider so in terms of taste it's complicated and in terms of Close to your heart, it's the ginger ninja. Oh yeah, ginger ninja, <laughs> close to my heart for sure. Um, and then my the 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 fifty percent of the hundred and fifty percent of business, I love the <laughs> granola brown because we sell a bunch of it. You know, like so, it's just like I see that beer everywhere. Yeah, granola yeah. brown. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> everywhere. It's, it's, our, it's our flagship and does really well for us. Um, and it's um you know brown. It's a brown ale. It's not one of the crazy over the top two hundred dollar a pound crazy IPA things. So it's just like it's. Uh, from a business world, it helps us out, and it's delicious. I mean, it goes with barbecue. It goes with you know, just awesome like you know, spicy food. That little bit of malt sweetness helps cut it a little bit. So it's just like, it's just year-round drinker, and it's just a beautiful beer, and it's in itself that way too. So it's nice because uh, I said I'm a I like IPAs more than any other style, but every brewery now has six to thirty thousand IPAs, and you guys are to narrow it sta- down. Yeah. Your staple beer is not an IPA, and that's that's nice to see other things happening. Yeah, and, it, and that was a, I mean, honestly, a total surprise for me. When I mean, I thought I thought I'd make a thirty barrel batch a month or something just to have a brown ale on tap, you know, because when we started, you know, two thousand fourteen, like it was it was treehouse everything. It was just like everyone's searching IPA, IPA, more hops, more IBA, no more ABV, you know. Just so I was just I was expecting something else to take off, but it was just like it just kind of it just hit the ground running and didn't stop. And I was yeah. like, okay, I guess this, you know, and that's, I mean, I, I honestly thought our flagship would have been Easy Rider, but it's now it's uh, Granola Brown is our flagship. Ginger News is a close second, then followed by Easy Rider. You know, so it's just crazy to see, like, what the market wanted at that time. And it was just, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to keep supplying some Granola Brown to you all. I don't mean to interrupt, but I was finishing, like, getting towards the end of my beer, 
and there's there's a hog in the bottom of my glass. And that is, what a great <laughs> thing to find. To yeah. No, we got the. Uh, it's like very subtle. I was like, what is that? It's like, is there hair in my beard? And I was like, oh my god, it's a hog. <laughs> yeah. And then we do got the uh, the new glasses in um, with the uh, the laser etching on the bottom. So yeah, this is an awesome. So glass. It has like nu- nucleation sites, so it kind of keeps the aroma coming up the whole time while no, you're drinking. What would it. be the name of this? You know, every beer glass has a different name, but it, it has like a nonic pint type of feel to it. I know that term only yeah. because. It's on the back of like every Goose Island beer I've ever drank. <laughs> Please enjoy an anonic pint. Yeah. Does this have a name to it, or uh, is it just a hog glass? No, it's um, it's uh, it's, there is a name for it. I don't know. What, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But it's like yeah, anonic pint would have like the bubble. Yeah. Anonic pint's officially a twenty ounce glass, and the bubble, that little bubble edge, is a it's lot much, closer to the lip yeah. and a lot thinner. Uh, this one kind of has a little bit of like the bulb. Uh, kind of like what a uh, like almost like a, a, a tulip glass would be, yeah. but instead of having like the skinny foot, it has like a sturdy base to it. So, and it was basically like I like we looked at a bunch of glasses, and I really like this one because it has all the characteristics to present the beer correctly with the the bubble to trap the aromatics, the curved lip to kind of hit your front tongue first, so you get any sweetness, and then it kind of goes over the the uh, etching on the inside to make sure the aromatics are still coming in there. It's got a good, um, just but a good holding. It still feels like a pint. Yeah. You're not like yeah. you're not like a dainty little like yeah. Rastal <laughs> glass or something. You know, like you, know, you don't feel like you're drinking wine. You're still like, hey, I'm drinking a beer, but. The, the glass itself is shaped in the way where it makes the beer taste better while you're drinking it. It's a hog holder. It's a hog, hog holder. <laughs> the nonic hog. The nonic hog holder. That's the a great thing. Like anything sounds good with hog. It's just the nonic it's hog. A good word. Hog hut. The hog holder. <laughs> Actually, we could make koozies for the cans and call them hog holders. Mm, that'd be a good one. We you need a marketing team. <laughs> you guys are killing it. Do you work for beer? You work for beer. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> All right, let's do it. That's fine. Because um, I usually work for money that goes to beer, so we're just cutting out the middleman here. Keep can the we, banks out of it. Can we, can we live here? Is that okay? Is it? Yeah, you gotta live in your hog huts. That's perfect. <laughs> I got a sleeping bag in the car. Get those get tension rods with curtains. Yeah. Like, sorry, the tap room's closed. We're sleeping. So, we you, you know you mentioned you're a local guy, so assuming. Boston fan, mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> if you yeah. if you go back and listen to some of our archive shows, uh, the majority of our cast is not Boston friendly. It's okay. It's okay. Well, provide some lively debate, perhaps. Yes. Well, I think Boston has really become like over. Really, really, Tom Brady's done it. It's been Tom Brady's doing. But I, I feel like Boston has kind of become one of those cities like you either love the teams or you just you just hate them with a burning passion. <laughs> I only just like one Boston team, and it's the Bruins. But so, what's your, what's your what what sports so, do you follow? I mean, like, just a quick caveat. I mean, the Boston teams, like, you know, Red Sox were shitty forever, and like they they won in like like yeah, hundred and something years. Shitty. Yeah, yeah, and then like you know they had you know had the Moneyball thing going on there actually when they won the World Series and all that. But it's just like I felt like as as a New Hampshire native, like fourteenth generation, like born and raised, like you know following like the Boston scene, like I. It, me and all of my friends always just look at like the Yankees and be like, "Oh, they just bought all the best players. That's why they keep winning." And this, it was all like, "Hey, Wall Street, trade some money. Gets get. Oh, we'll trade this guy. This guy sucks now. I'm gonna pay more money for this guy." And just like, "Hey, we won the World Series again." And it was just like, it wasn't. It wasn't scrappy. It wasn't like actually playing the game. You're just like, "Hey, we'll just like from every farm league buy the best <laughs> person possible and <laughs> <Yep>. then <laughs> put him on the. You know, so yeah, it's just yeah. like that's just like it kind of." Um, I don't know the Boston's more like nitty gritty, like you know, Irish or like you know yeah. back through back, the system kind of guy. System make you know you you start out in the, the farm leagues, you work your way up and become a star. You don't just get bought, you know, and move to New York and then win a World Series and have to shave your beard, which is always stupid. That's the worst <laughs> thing having to <laughs> shave your beard. Uh, but um, I feel like we're talking about a specific player, Johnny Damon. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. But you know, just like so, that's just like <laughs> as, as, as a caveat. That's kind of like us us. 
Bostonian fans always looked at the New York as like, and across the board, it was just like, hey, they just have a dick ton of money and they just buy the best players. And it's just well, kind of what comes down. It's funny you say that because, so like, I'm not a Bruins fan, but that's only because I get, I'm from Chicago, so I'm a Chicago fan for everything. So as a Chicago fan, I get a lot of shit from Bruins fans because the Blackhawks beat them in the Stanley Cup. It's like big f***ing whoops. You're going to hate everybody that beats you. Like, then you hate everybody. But we have Kendall over here, the Red Baron. He He's a, a loather of the Patriots because they destroyed the, the Steelers, his favorite team, in, like, AFC Championship games forever. Three times. Yeah, he hates that the Celtics. Heartbreaking being in sixth he, grade watching their team lose. <laughs> he hates the Celtics. He he hates the, the Bruins, mostly because of Zdeno Chara. Yeah. Why do you hate the Celtics? Uh, I don't know. I think you just uh, kind of rode the, the hating of the Boston. <laughs> I, I like, think you so. don't really I, hate the Red Sox, though. I don't feel. No, in fact, I actually, during the, the time, like, 04 and all that, I was really, it was kind of the underdog story, you know, because the Yankees had dominated for so long and the Red Sox suffered for so long that it was exciting. The Bills are a Mets fan. The Buffalo Bills yeah. effect. Yeah, exactly. The Bills Rooting for the Bills because the Patriots always win. Yeah, yeah the and Bills I, are 201 to win. So yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm almost indifferent to the Red Sox. I have no gripe. Either way, you know, so. It's funny because growing up, I hated the Red Sox because I, I grew up a Yankees fan. But now, like, I, I look at the game more as a whole. So, like, I don't like the Red Sox because I'm a Yankees fan. But there's a lot of players on the Red Sox that I like. So I'm, like, caught in the middle. But go Yankees. And you're you're a Bruins slash Rangers fan, which is great for the hockey community. Yeah. See, the I was a Bruins fan because I liked two of the players, and they traded both of them. So that kind of went away. Now you're right. But, <laughs> but for me, it's like it's interesting because our view, while it does have its own bias effects in it in terms of teams beating, you know, our favorite teams or whatever, like the Steelers and the Patriots for the Red Baron here. But we're kind of in the the weird spot of Boston fans because it's especially in Wallingford, it's a lot of Boston and a lot of New York. Yeah. But in New Hampshire, it'd be interesting to go to New Hampshire to be in New Hampshire for something like this because up there it's it's true Boston fans. Like there's right. no you know there's nobody up there like you know it's not you know oh we hate the Yankees and this and that because you know on top of hating the Yankees division rivals your next door neighbor's a diehard Yankees fan and they beat you forever. But like you know Boston and up yeah. it'd, be, it'd be in a more interesting. It's a more like Boston environment than right. where we are. It'd be like being split. in New York City or being in right. Chicago. Yeah. So it's interesting. Never really thought of it that way. Maine though. <laughs> well, Maine has the the Portland, hockey everything, the, the Portland Sea Dogs, which is the feeder program for the you know for yeah. the Red Sox. So yeah, there's still Red Sox fans up there too. Maine is Maine is just Canada. That's yeah. all. Maine it's just it's just, just hockey everything. Let's just sell them. It's just <laughs> the, the, you know I don't know how Maine doesn't have an NHL. You team. give us Newfoundland, we'll give you Maine. Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Well, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. You're lucky we don't have our private stock here because you'd be you'd be slamming it. Let's relax. <laughs> Newfoundland? That sounds like an amusement well, park. We'll trade him and then we'll make Newfoundland, Newfoundland. <laughs> okay, that's right. McDonald's play places everywhere. You know. So clearly a Red Sox fan. Yep. Do you have a favorite player from, from your, your generation of watching baseball? My generation. Man. Um, so like 24 years? You're yeah. only 24. <laughs> I made that number right now. Made that number right now. I mean, it would be... Johnny Damon. No. <laughs> I mean, man, that's a tough one. I could go way back to like Wade Boggs. Because I remember growing up like... My grandfather gave me my first taste of beer as, like, Milwaukee best out of his big, tall... This guy's an advocate of the, the best. But, yeah, like, you know, drank the foam off the top of it. But, like, he was he was an avid, avid Red Sox fan. And, like, I remember just sitting. He, like, every game he'd be in his chair watching front to back every game. And um, he had a, a signed Wade Boggs 
like eight by ten black and white that he gave me. That's cool. Um, you know, so yeah. it was like a. I'd have to go way back there. Would probably be my favorite player. Of all is Wade time. Box the guy that drank, drank a lot of beers, 160 yeah. beers or something, and then went out and played the yeah, next he game? Crushes. Yeah, <laughs> and he did part of that, I guess, on a flight. It's funny. The brewer, do we believe this? The brewer likes Wade Box. <laughs> yeah. do, we, do we believe this? Do we? Do you believe he drank? What was, what was the number? Do you know off the top of your head? I want to say. I think it was 72. I, I want to say it was around that 72. You think he drank 72 beers and then played the next day? And sure. Hit, hit a home run. Sure. You can That's do that. a lot of beer. Well, I mean, he was. I just. I'm not even concerned about the alcohol content. I'm concerned about just fullness. No, his beers were, you know, they were probably like, you know, lower ABV, yeah. like macro lagers. Yeah, you could drink 72 macro lagers in a day, all day. So here, someone is saying, I don't know, we may have to open up this page. He says 100 beers, which is, that's too flat of a number. It's got to be. I know on the. Uh, I mean, if you get to 100, you just keep going. See the episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think it was 72 when they tried to. I feel like it's got to be a denomination box. of a popular, like, amount, like 12 or 30. Like, yeah. like it's got, you know, it's not going to be like, I can't oh. I believe there's that much beer on the airplane. Well. <laughs> He's Wade Boggs. He's doing <laughs> he won. They set it up. They set it up for him. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it was like, oh, hey, I'm just flying from, you know, Albuquerque to, New, to you know, so Sacramento. Give me 100 beers. It's, hey, I'm Wade Boggs. I'm going to do what I want, and you're going to let it happen. <laughs> so here's what we got. It's 64 beers on the flight from Boston to L.A., but 100 beers in 24 hours. Oh my God. So that's the legend even, of this. That's, like, even more amazing, because, like, you know how drunk you'd get on a plane high altitude? Oh my god! Yeah, good so for this guy. I was looking last night because me and my uh, brother were talking. There was another rumor that Andre the Giant once drank like 124 beers. That's in different a though. He's huge. <laughs> Have you That's seen a 12 ounce can in his hand? It's like <laughs> it's like it's so small. It's like you holding like an ant. There were stories that he would take two like liters <laughs> of vodka just to feel a little warm. <laughs> Well, the guy was. Look how big he was. It was a plus size of seven, and what, he had to be. He had to be almost five hundred pounds, if not more. He was a giant, he's literally, a big guy. literally, he's a big he's guy. A giant. giant. So, what other what other sports do you follow besides baseball? Um, I used to follow basketball a lot when I was younger. I've kind of just like ever since having kids and not the money for the full cable package to watch everything. <laughs> um, I'm Nickelodeon's kinda, pretty expensive. No, no, we yeah. just do the free streaming stuff because it. But uh. But yeah, so just like I haven't been able to just have find the time, but I mean, like I mean, the Celtics definitely growing up watching. So bird, the bird, oh yeah, yeah, bird Parish combo was awesome. Um, Is Kevin McHale part of those teams? Yeah, yeah. Do you expect me to know that? Yeah, 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 Kevin <laughs> McHale, yeah, yeah. but then I mean, you know, Paul Pierce, and you know, when after that was kind of like I watched a little bit of that, but it was just kind of like he was. You know, he worked so hard and really only didn't win much, you know. But yeah. Yeah, it only it took making a super team. Yeah, exactly. Until they, so he worked for many years before anything happened with him. But yeah, I was I mean, in when I was uh in high school, like well, middle school to high school, like basketball was my jam and followed it and right in the heyday of Jordan and all that and the Yeah. And I, you Did know, you play back, sports growing up? Yeah, I played I dabbled in pretty much everything. Uh, I was a really great J V all star. Um, I did, uh, my only four year letter is golf. I love golf. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was cause I love golf, but not that good at it. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. I can hit the ball pretty far, but I also hit it very left. Wow. So like, so you, so you right ear or left ear. So you're slicing or hooking. I'm going to go ahead and say slicing. So you're a lefty coming out from the, I'm hooking. <laughs> so hooking. Good. So you want to just take your hand, top hand, roll it over a little bit, kind of show more of your palm as you're coming through. That'll fix your little left. Or drink more beer. Or drink more beer. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm thinking we buy beer from here, Growlers, <laughs> and go to the driving range. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Let's oh, do it. No, it's so cold outside. <laughs> yeah, it'll warm you up. The beer will warm you up. What are you, what are you saying? You're saying you're not down to have a good time? 
I'll do it, but it's cold. We're, we're taking Tyler with us. Yeah. He's coming with us. I, I do have to do a tour at 1 o'clock, so. <laughs> we'll make it back. Rebecca, yeah. Yeah. Make it back. Rebecca will you do the tour? <laughs> we don't be on the call. Right, Rebecca, do the tour. This is a <laughs> tank. That's all <laughs> metal. <laughs> this is where the beer bathes. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good one. Beer bathes in the beans. tank. Yeah. So what do you? what's in the future for Black Hog? Any... What, what's coming up for 2018? Uh, I know you mentioned the uh, the logger. Yeah, hog the hog logger. Hog logger is a big one. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited yeah. for that. Hog thing is awesome. Yeah, adding, just add, I mean, adding another beer to the uh, year-round availability is just going to be um, an, an interesting challenge just on the brew schedule side because it's just like, it's a logger, so it takes longer. And if it takes off, it's just going to be making sure to have enough of it in fermentation you know, to make supply mm-hmm. it. But it's going to be it's gonna be fun. That one's, I'm excited about that one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, the... Bunch of different disco pig stuff coming out this year, which is gonna be awesome. Which is kind of, and I'm um, really uh, I opened up some of the. Uh, we have these little PCM seven barrel tanks, which are kind of half batch, so you can do like a half batch in our fermenters, and I'm uh, open that up to um, kind of assistant brewers and stuff like that to start writing up some recipes. So there'll be some really cool like brewery only like draft and draft and growler fills for the tasting room from coming up this year, which I'm excited to see what the guys come up with because I mean that's like. As as a brewer, you you always have beer ideas, and I mean, not that I'm out of them, but it's just fun to like let other people get their ideas out, out like out in liquid, you know, because it's it's an art, and let them have some. It fun can inspire. With it. Yeah. yeah. Are tap room laws similar to bar laws, where you have to be 21 to be in the tap room? Yeah. Damn I mean, well, no, you can. You can, we we allow we allow kids to come in. I mean, you have to be. You can't just let them run around wild. They can be supervised. <laughs> but yeah. well, I meant more like like if I were to bring like my 18 year old brother and have him just be my designated driver. Oh, that's cool. As long as he's not this is the problem beer. for me with breweries. I don't want to be responsible when I go, but neither does anybody else I hang out with, <laughs> i.e. these assholes. Yes. So, no, because Rebecca <laughs> wants to have fun, and she's a lightweight, so it's like one beer for Rebecca, <laughs> and she can't drive anymore. So, it's... We need to find a friend that was an alcoholic, and is now in remission, and can't drink anymore. As terrible well, as that sounds well, to put them around re- re- the end. Remission kind of sounds like cancer. Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's called recovery. Recovery. When we were younger, Rehabilitation. When we were still underage, our friend Vito didn't drink yet, so he was our driver all the time, and it was super convenient. Then he started drinking, and that went downhill. I think the, the real problem is is we just we all need to save up our money, and we need to just get someone somewhere well, in the group of house. No, someone in the group of house, and we just got to make like a forty-two tap system in the basement. <laughs> But like growler taps, so we don't have to worry about the beer going stale. <laughs> It'll get finished. <laughs> Kendall won't let beer go bad. No. As long as he's got a, as long as he's got a bathroom nearby, he's good. <laughs> Unlike the beer czar. <laughs> the beer czar. No, we have uh, I mean that's kinda like the idea behind like someone like the whole beer tour bus people that do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They set up these beer tours and they drive a bus around and you stop at three breweries throughout the day and then they get back, drop you back off your car at the end of it. You know, like it's or it's kind of uh that's your whole idea, like right there, the people are people are doing that now. There's a couple of them and Definitely, there's three or four of them up in up north, and there's a Connecticut beer brew bus doing it down here now too. I know how it would go for us if we the three of us were to do that. Though I'd be very hyper on the bus ride. Kendall would be agitated; he's not currently drinking, and he'd be sleeping <laughs> asleep. Yeah, <laughs> machine washable. It would be sleep. Anytime there isn't a beer to be had, he'd just be sleeping. Notorious for that. Yes. Yeah, he fell asleep at the Wooden Tap Bar one day, and the diner, and the diner. <laughs> yeah, he's just so not to you know. We talked about uh, the more family aspect versus competition. So. Um, Outside of Blackhawk, who would you say is your favorite local Connecticut brewery? I mean, it's it's hard. I don't again, two kids. I don't get out too much, but uh, I mean, if I stop and um, I again, it's similar to which my favorite beer because like I like different breweries for different reasons. Um, but I mean, like Counterwakes makes some really great beer. I mean, 
he's uh i mean great great brewer he just kind of he's known he's known for his ipas but if you drink like his pilsner it's just sublime um he makes a really great grisette um, yeah, I've never, i haven't been down there yeah and it's I'm a cool pretty, place i'm pretty sure the only beer he's still distributing is um the headway right yeah and he's just like that's i've had the oktoberfest from that which yeah, is pretty good that was that was a good one too yeah have you but guys made an oktoberfest we haven't made one um i was thinking about making one this year but it just do it in march the man of many names we'll have to bring him down here he's a big oktoberfest fiend that and just any other gross domestic brew (laughs) he's not really apt into the the beer world he doesn't really he doesn't really grasp the concept of good flavors he would just drink this and be like oh it's dark i don't like it dark (laughs) it tastes like darkness yeah (laughs) no it tastes like my future uh but i mean like stony creek right now i mean they're their their location's gorgeous and they're um they're they're introducing because of their location in the state for one, but how beautiful their location is, they're in- introducing craft beer to a lot of people who've never tried craft beer. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, and we need people well, n- that haven't an- drank craft beer to try craft beer and well, get name into another it, you brewery know? where you can park your boat and then go start drinking. Oh, yeah. beer. It's, it's fancy. It's very fancy, <laughs> yes. But it's uh but yeah, um, I mean Andy Schwartz, the head brewer there, is a good buddy of mine from up north and he's uh one of the more like beautiful consistent brewer and making very, very consistently very drinkable beers. So um and I mean like then you get like I mean the Kent Fall stuff, it's really cool how they're doing like something different and unique all the time. And um I mean just there's I haven't got like I've gotten a handfuls of the beard stuff and I mean for like the hop heads out there, he's definitely making some fun stuff. Um and I mean it's just kind of trying to branch out and try them all really it's it's a uh, like like i forget who it was a uh, charlie papazian who's uh the head of the uh america uh, the home brewers association um uh, which be- in turn became the brewers association um he was like his answer to that he's like oh, i always like he's like you travel around the country like what beer are you drinking he's like whatever's local it is just like you gotta try something like air like even now hyper add hyper local to that but like drink something like that's in your backyard see what it's about and see what like your water chemistry within your area can produce for beers and i mean one of the big reasons girl brown tastes good here is because of our water chemistry like if we made it somewhere else it wouldn't taste the same and it's kind of like where like i think our water is more suited to darker beers and the yeah. ipas don't get me wrong they're delicious but like we're not we don't have ipa water you know so it's yeah. kinda, it's, it's, it's a it's amazing we're learning so many things yeah i didn't realize there was an ipa water versus <laughs> like i mean i mean i get it i get what you're saying yeah the, absolutely. the content of the water type of deal yeah. but yeah well we're, we're about out of time um, it was great being here. Uh, make sure to come visit Blackhawk Brewery. Yeah, come down. Um, again, they're located in Oxford, Connecticut, 115 Hurley Road, Building 9A. So we learned today that when you come in, make sure you drive all the way down to the end. That's yeah. where they are. The GPS gets a little spotty. Yeah, so the GPS, for whatever reason, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've been made aware of this problem. It yeah. puts you on a different road because it's technically closer. <laughs> so... Look for Hurley Road. Yeah, uh, no, it's um, it's off eighty four. Yeah, we we actually tried to move the Google Pin multiple times, but um, uh, the easiest way, uh, if you come on coming off of eighty four, you turn up the airport access road towards the Oxford Airport. Um, which if you've done, never heard of the Oxford Airport. It's a little nice little puddle jumper uh, airport here. Didn't hear about it till yeah. today. So, um, <laughs> but if you look, drive up the a- air- airport access road and take your first right. It'll bury you right in the woods, and it'll be much easier to get to you from there than getting a dead end into a wooden trail that they tell you to get out and walk. <laughs> So, we've tried to move the pin. Swear to God. Swear to God. <laughs> uh, you'll have to correct me, Tyler, if these hours are wrong. I'm going off of Google right now. But uh, tasting room hours are closed Monday, Tuesday. True. Um, open 4 to 8 Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. 2 to 8 on Friday. Mm-hmm. 1 to 8 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And 1 to 5 on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, our social media expert, Machine Washable, will post all this information yes. along with the show when it when it's 
set to air. Uh, beer reviews? Tyler, do you want to do a beer review? Um, my beer is amazing. <laughs> Good. Try it. Um, Good. Yeah, what, what, do you, what do you want to review? I'll review anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, Mark and I, do we, we both have the IPA? Or? Yeah, you had the Easy Rider and he oh. had the Hogwater. Yeah. Pay attention. So, I'm sure I've had the Hogwater before on another on show, show, so I've never had the Easy Rider and was a huge fan. How many, of those, how many of those do you see yourself drinking in an hour? Uh, infinite. Infinite. <laughs> infinite. I like infinite. Wade Boggs amounts. Yes. <laughs> the Hogwater's great. He, he hit the nail on the head. A nice citrusy flavor. I liked it a lot. I just can't articulate. That's my problem. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> oh, sorry. Would you just do yours? No, my curiosity yeah. would be like, what would you want to be eating while drinking those beers? Hmm. Pig. Pig is Pig. good. Do we have one? Is there a pig? <laughs> no, Kyle couldn't come. Uh, you can't say mean? pig or hog uh, it's, it's, or it's any a, variation of head. swine. I, I've, I've been brainwashed. I really want like pig, like cold pork right now. You <laughs> can say a, hot dog. That's what, the only exception. Like I a you. margarita pizza? Would a margarita pizza be? It, it would. I could see myself eating margarita oh, pizza. Garlic note. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the nard dog on the office. The margarita <laughs> pizza. Uh, so I, you know, I was. We were talking about this, Tyler and I, before the show. This intrigued me a lot. I've never seen a fruit milk stout before. And this was fantastic. Very subtle on the peach. Um, I got a lot of it in the aftertaste, but very, like, I don't want to say, like, thin as a, in a negative sense, but it, it was. It was, like, it was thinner. It was easier to drink. I could see myself having more than, you know, two, three, or four of these. I could see myself having 400 of these. <laughs> um, but it was really good. A lot of good flavor. Um, it really stuck with you every sip until the next sip. Like, yeah, the flavors were there. And... I was a big fan. I love peach. Peach is my favorite thing in the world for, yeah. for fruit flavors. Oh, peach I mean, is so it's good. the thing different with that beer specifically using the actual fruit. I mean, it was from uh, Drazen Orchards. Um, we got like um, a bunch of peach seconds and, you know, cooked them down and put them in there and like putting them in the barrel and like, letting kind of the secondary fermentation happen um, consumes kind of the fructose sugars, leaving behind just the essence of the peach. And that's where you're like getting that post nasal, like after the swallow, like what kind of mm-hmm. hangs out. And, um, and a lot of people are, they're like, oh, I hate fruit beer. I was like, well, what? they're like, they're talking about like some macro brewer that's dumping in fruit extract and yeah. it tastes like cough syrup. You know, like, yeah. yeah, I hate those beers too. But this is actually made with fruit and right. it like used the right way. And, and I'm, not, adds I'm not a layer. usually a fruit beer fan because yeah. more times than not, every time I've ever had one, it's too fruit forward. It's way too sweet. But this is this is very good. It's very subtle. I think you'd like it. You're not a big stout guy, but I, I think would you'd try like it. it. Well, there's none left. Um, <laughs> you should make a peach cobbler reduction with this. I would eat that. Every time you say peach, I hear that song from the 90s. <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the uh, peaches song. <laughs> yeah, the peaches song. President of the United States, right? That's it. Um, I'm trying to think what I'd want to pair this with. And for some reason, in my head, and I don't know why, all I can think about when, I'm, when I was drinking this, I was thinking about having macaroni and cheese. <laughs> really? I don't know why. That's crazy. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> I don't I mean, know why. Cheddar, creamy. I mean, we're talking like sharp cheddar. No, macaroni mild cheese? macaroni like and cheese. Mild Nothing like right out of the right out of the right out of the box. Like a, yeah, I mean, if you were to make a homemade, like maybe like a Colby Jack, okay, something on the more mild side. I don't know why. The whole time, I couldn't tell you why. Now I want to drink it with and drink that with some macaroni and cheese. Got to try it. Got to try it now. Also, you know what else I think would be really good with pancakes. Oh, pancakes. Yeah. Pancake <laughs> Especially because I'm not a syrup guy, so I don't feel like the, the maple syrup would, would, would yeah. conflict with the. I, I don't really put a lot of syrup, if any, on my pancakes. Usually, just a plain pancake guy, Satan. I get a lot of looks nice in the diner when they're like, oh, do you want maple syrup? No. <laughs> awesome. Um, social media? 
Yes. No, I don't want. I don't want to know. They can. Know, they know where they can find us. You'll tell them later. Where can we find you? <laughs> find me. Uh, yeah, blackhogbrewing.com. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and um, Blackhog Beer. All of those. Um, Do you want to give your home address so they can send you fan mail? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Send it, send it. You can send it to the brewery. I can, I can get address. I'll get it. Don't I'll worry. Get it here. Don't worry. It'll get delivered. Um, but yeah, so just um, yeah, we're just we try to keep on top of the. The social media best we can, and uh, we do have a mailing a mailing list here too. So you do come visit, uh, sign up. You'll get a first heads up of like stuff going on in the brewery, and get a get an e right in your inbox. So that's awesome. Where can they find us, Machine? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk, and Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's shagging up in a hog hut or enjoying a nice food be- uh, beer pairing. And subscribe on Podbean and iTunes, and we're on the Lieb Sports Network every day from 7 to 8 a.m., and every Sunday from 12 to 1 on the PPRN Radio Network. Be very exciting. Um, we hope you like the show. I'm glad Hog Hut was worked into this. I'm also <laughs> glad I got to use the word shag in a show. I don't think I've done that before. Um, it just came to me. But um, we'll definitely be back here again. Um, I wish our producer wasn't an ass face and was able to get us those tickets. We need more on top of stuff, okay? No, no, next, no, next no. year, we're the first one to own tickets. Uh, the first one? The very first one. He's going to be here tomorrow. I hope you know that. <laughs> yes. He's going to be here tomorrow. I'll be like, hey, I am next year's yeah. tickets already. Tickets have them now. Well, from all of us here at Getting Sports with Drunk and Black Hog Brewery, I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. Tyler Jones. I'm Mock. And I'm the Red Baron. Meow.